0: Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out 2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605-3900.
1: Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you.
2: Friends, today is Friday, January eighteenth, and thanks for joining joining us in this ultra transmission. Um, We have some overnight headlines in Asia. We saw, sure enough, North Korea has been running tests of the undersea nuclear weapon systems. Uh, They warned of more of that coming through. This is a. this is obviously a little unnerving. Asia's emerging markets. saw uh, global investors sell 6.6 billion of stocks so far this week. Largest weekly outflow that we've seen in almost two years. Uh, China's biggest brokerage firm restricts short sales after stock route. Chinese stocks have been getting pounded. Um, China has a history of shutting things down when it doesn't go as they hope it hope it will. This is a problem of a non-free market society, right? Then in Taiwan, we have stocks have been seeing outflows of four, a little over 4.5 billion as investors assess this new Taiwan leadership with respect to relations with China. So obviously, Taiwan elected a president last weekend. It's a little bit US friendly. China doesn't like that. And so therefore, we're starting to see the implications of this coming through. Um, What's going to happen there next? Let's keep, We'll keep our eyes on Asia. In Europe, we saw UK retail sales drop. This adds to the case that they will enter a recession in 2024. This fits with what we're seeing across Europe and a lot of other parts and pieces. Um, we've been covering that data a little bit sparsely, but we have been covering it. We've been pointing toward recession. In Europe, this is no surprise to us um on that same front basf which is a huge german chemical and manufacturer of agricultural products coatings plastics and so forth they saw their earnings drop and basically cratered uh, so that was a pretty significant hit to the german market overnight we talked a little bit about this yesterday when we talked about poland and the feedstock of the natural gas coming through Nord Stream 2 coming through into Germany. Germany needs its energy. It's one of the largest industrial producers across Europe. So without that, Germany starts to struggle and we're starting to see that come through at the bottom line and and some like BASF. Germany continues to beat the war drum. Uh, We talked about just as we talked about with Poland. It's pretty similar with Germany. Um, We're starting to see that they are, um, let's see how do we put this we've seen we're seeing tractors in the streets of berlin we're seeing the lowest sentiment ratings of olaf schultz who's the chancellor took over after angela merkel in the last few years this is um you know we're starting to see the protests occur in germany we've seen them in the netherlands this is what kind of goes along with that right decline in economics decline in finance uh, starting to restrict agriculture, starting to restrict the farmers. And guess what? This is what we get, right? We see, we see this starting to build up in, in, in the European front. In the Middle East, the main story overnight was the Houthis fire missiles at another U.S. ship in the Red Sea. Biden admits that his authorized airstrikes have really had no impact on the Red Sea attacks on, their, on, and on, on commercial ships, and they're not afraid to go after our commercial ships either. Houthis launched two anti-missile ships in the at the Chem Ranger, right? This is a Greek operated tanker, but it's a US owned tanker. US Central Command said it was the third such attack in three days. So pretty repetitive, pretty persistent, pretty problematic. And so is the Biden administration getting the message that their policies really don't seem to be working anywhere. Um, you know that's what we're here for the Red Sea unrest is bad news for the world's fragile food supply as we talked about with BASF they're a huge uh, uh, fertilizer producer they're starting to tell us we're starting to see that this was intentionally set up right um, some people did some good work about six months to a year ago Mike Adams uh, the health ranger he did some really good work on BASF and and uh, what we call the um, uh, it's the I'm trying to think of the process where they take the feedstock. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on that, but the point is, this is this was a lot of this was intended and a lot of this is unintended. The you know the globalists intended to shut off some food supply, shut off some of these feedstocks for the, the agricultural production side. We're starting to see it trickle through now. It does take time, but we're starting to see it. Additionally, in that region, right? Additionally, in that Red Sea region. Um, You know, the we see Iran hitting Pakistan. We see Pakistan returning fire at Iran. This just doesn't build confidence for anything in that region. It's not going well. Strait of Hormuz is at risk, right? This is one of those choke points we briefly mentioned yesterday when we went through Poland in detail. This is one of the world's primary choke points. If this gets shut off, this is going to cause a big problem for the oil supply going into Asia, oil supply moving around the world. Okay. So back in the land of the free and the home and the brave today, we have our economic data. Um, let's, we can pop over to that, take a look at our economic data yesterday. Let's just recap that we had unemployment claims. We had the lowest reading that we have seen in about two years, right? This is good, right? This is a good thing for the workforce. However, it's going to put this kind of stuff, puts pressure on the, on the Federal Reserve, they're gonna have a hard time raising rates with data like this, or cutting rates. They're gonna have a hard time cutting the rates, right? Right now, so we, we were on a raising spree for the past two years. In October, we went on a pause, okay, so we paused. The next move is to start cutting rates, right? When we see data like this, it's gonna make it hard for the Federal Reserve to justify rate cuts because the economy looks fairly strong, at least on that front, right? And then, we saw the Philly Fed Index come in a little bit weaker than expected. Let me flip over that real quick. We did cover this yesterday at the 830 hour. Um, Let me just pull that up here real quick so we can... Okay. And so we did see that stuff come through. Uh, We did see housing starts coming through a little bit stronger and If we flip over to today, we have uh, UK retail sales. Again, that was painted a pretty poor picture for for Europe, for the UK. Uh, ECB Lagarde will speak again today at the World Economic Forum, three straight days. We're probably going to cover that on Monday. She's a critical factor in what's going on at the World Economic Forum. Um, She's a main talking head there. So we will cover that with a lot of the banking stuff on Monday. And then in the U.S., we'll have... University of Michigan sentiment come through today. And the one that I'm really looking forward to the most is the existing home sales at 8:30. this is going to round up the housing data for the week. And what it's going to do for us is it's going to start to give us a picture is in this exist, the reason I'm so interested in existing home sales is because it has been the one that's starting to show signs of a double top. And if we see that double top occurring, you know, that will start to give us a little bit of a heads up in the um, and what's going on with the housing market, right? The initial, the building permits, new home sales, that kind of stuff has been incredibly strong. It's been holding up pretty well. The existing home sales is the one that's given us the signs of weakness. Okay. The, all right, let's move over to, okay. So with that on the political front, all right, let's, Think about what's going on politically we have mike johnson saying that he needs you know the border right this is the border or funding right border and or funding okay so what's going on with the border in the passage of a bill that they need to try to extend the funding will we will we be able to force the border to be closed if we hold them hostage with the funding that's really where we're at right can mike johnson come through on that even jamie diamond who we've covered a little bit about he's runs JP Morgan, even with JP Morgan, um, even with Jamie Dimon coming out and saying, um, you know, that control the borders or you're gonna lose your country. Okay, so we're starting to see this come through, even at Davos, right? This was at Davos, Jamie Dimon made that quote, you know, control your borders or you're gonna destroy the country, right? It doesn't get more clear than that. So is this gonna help give a little bit of wind in the sails of Mike Johnson, right? Are they going to be able to hold their ground and and force the border to be closed or at least restricted? This border is wide open. Um, people of all of independent media has been covering this, and we need to shut this down. Right, that's step number one. We've got to shut the border down. If we don't do that, what can, what can we do? Right, we're sending all this money over to Ukraine. We're sending this money all around the world. Right, we're you know, and but we can't even defend our own border. I mean, it's just so obvious, right? And so now that we see these people who haven't in the past been talking about it, like Jamie Dimon, like some of these other big talking heads that run these big banks, if they can start to to admit that, yes, the border is a problem and we need to shut it down, maybe it allows us, allows Mike Johnson to get some of that backing that he needs to stand his ground. We'll see, right? And with that, on the political front, so that's the big issue of the political front as we wrap up this week. The next one is, you know, Trump continues to roll strong, right? But the attacks on him continue one after another and really from every angle. So we're going to run this clip here where we see Trump <clears throat> with sores on his right hand. And th- this is where we've gotten to, right? I mean, they don't cover right? the fact that Melania's mom passed away and that the whole Trump family was at, the, at her funeral. They don't, I mean, you know, this is a 45th president of the united states right you would think they would be covering something like that but instead they're focused on uh, three little sores on his right hand so if we can let's run clip one we'll take a look at this we'll see how this guy just gets hit from every single angle
3: i am texting the photo you can link to it it's in some operation called a daily mail it's some british thing it's probably a fleet street rag but you know maybe the picture was doctored or whatever but i maybe the story goes somewhere maybe it won't but i'm telling you at one o'clock eastern i'm humping this thing like a young dog on old furniture if you go to the drudge report and i think it'll still be up there, there, there's a story that talks about trump having hand cuts and you can link to it they don't look like cuts to me they look like sores. And I've asked a number of M.D.s what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous: secondary syphilis. All right, I think I think there's a good chance this man has the clap, and I'm not being particularly secretive about it. I am texting the photo. You can link to it. It's in some operation called the Daily Mail. It's some British thing. It's probably a Fleet Street rag, but. You know, maybe the picture was doctored or whatever, but I, maybe this story goes somewhere. Maybe it won't, but I'm telling you, at one o'clock Eastern, I'm humping this thing like a young dog on old furniture.
2: If you- All right, so there we see <clears throat> James Carville, a long-known political operator, <clears throat> and just listen to that. I mean, just it's amazing, right? How he takes this and he wants to run with it. I mean, this guy—he's probably losing his political power. He's not as prominent as he once was, but. Still, to have someone like him come out with you know, come out and just immediately start calling for syphilis. What, what more can, what what can happen next, right? So it's absolutely just a disgrace, right? So with that in mind, moving on, right, on the political front, we did have a victory this week, and uh, a lot of people have been covering this. This is a big victory, actually, and. What we have here is the the NACs, right? National Asset Corporations. Pete and I did a segment on this, and we really have to give a lot of credit to Frank Gaffney, right, a lot of Secretary of States, um, you know, Bannon, Kate Daly, right? A lot of these people jumped in in, the, in, I don't know, early January, right? This started back in what, what, what NACs are, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover a little bit of this, but just in brief, right, this was a, a, an attempt, right, by the New York Stock Exchange, by the SEC, to gain rights to our property, right? So gain rights to the air above the property we own, gain rights to the minerals and the water below the property we own, and basically control it. So they don't necessarily have to have the land or take the land if they can control it, and that's what this was. I mean, this is by the largest, you know, financial operators in the world, right? The NYSE, SEC, they were all behind this. Fortunately, uh, some secretaries of state jumped on board with this and they put up a resistance, right? And we thought it wasn't gonna, we thought it was gonna go through, right? Because. You know it looked it had all the signs of them just ramrodding it through fortunately it did not right and as we look at this right you know the nyac pulled its plans for environmentally sustainable asset class and if we look at this we can see the I'll flip over here so this was the this was, so the inter, international, international Intercontinental Exchange, right? This is, I just refer to it as ICE, right? So let me just read this. So the New York Stock Exchange has withdrawn from the Securities Exchange Commission a proposal to create a new tradable asset class called a Natural Asset Company, or an NAC. The asset class was to be based on sustainable enterprises that hold the rights to ecosystem services, such as carbon sequestration, Produced by natural, working, or hybrid lands. Right, the NYSE, which is owned by the international, the Intercontinental Exchange, right, had proposed to the SEC a rule change to adopt the new listing standard. And with that, let's take another look here. Right, at at this, and so this is this is the letter that was filed. Right by. Attorney General Sean Ray's, okay, Utah Attorney General. This is this is such a big deal, right? And so here, we're, here was Ray's. I'm going to read his comment, his statement. Hopefully, you'll be able to get the gist of this from what what he says. Of all the objectionable and extreme policies in the ESG, that's in social, that's environmental, social governance. So. In all the extreme policy of the esg menagerie nacs are among the most egregious and least defensible legally nacs rely on unproven models focused not on returns and value for investors but rather restrictions of legal and productive use of natural resources with dollars deployed in amorphous and undefined categories such as natural assets and ecosystem services while masquerading as a novel tool for the public good nacs are a brutish vehicle to accomplish an activist political agenda. They deprive public use of land in multiple ways that will further jeopardize U.S. energy, independence and grid stability while legally opening management, use and ownership of these lands to private parties, including hostile countries or entities. Right? So in this letter, right, we see down at the bottom in the orange I've highlighted, you know, it was co-led by the state of Kansas. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. So fortunately, everybody jumped onto this, right? And and because of independent media, because of what we're doing here, right? This we did make a difference, right? Uh, again, you know, for, thanks to Frank Gaffney. Um, and some of you probably jumped on board right Pete had him on a couple times and um he had a I'm trying to think of his oh yeah here it is so is he had a, a site set up center for securitypolicy.org, right and it was based off you know it, it was a way for people to to uh, sign the documentation that enabled these secretaries of state to go and stand their ground. So this does make a difference, right? Thanks to Frank Gaffney for putting that together. Thanks for Steve Bannon for putting this out there. Thanks to Pete, you know, for covering this with Frank Gaffney. Thanks to Kate Daly for having the Secretary of State on and getting this coverage, you know, uh, Kate Daly was on with uh, Alex Jones. So, you know, you're talking 20 to 30 million of coverage. I think Tucker Carlson had mentioned a little bit of this. With that, we had hundreds of millions of people who were aware of this, you know, maybe five to 10 million took action. That gave the secretaries of state the ability to stand their ground and put an end to this. So this is a huge victory. I mean, if this would have gone through, this was beginning of a very, very slippery slope. So that's a huge, huge victory for us. And we need to really kind of celebrate that because that was a big thing, a big, very big positive that happened this week. And so with that, we're going to take, um, yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at some markets here. And then, um, so I'm going to jump over and take a look at the dollar. The dollar is the one that I like for anybody who's been following along with market ultra, I always like to go back to the dollar. The reason for this is dollar I can take one look at the dollar and I can tell almost what's going almost all the time, what's going on with markets. The in this case right we saw the dollar has come back up into the breakout zone and let me slide this over here so i can see it well all right so what we're looking at here is dollars made a pretty strong rally from down in here Okay, down in this area. So down at the 7.8 harmonic. We moved all the way back through, retested the halfway harmonic right around in here, chopped around for a long period of time in here, and we made our way back up into the middle of the breakout zone. Now, this is a little concerning to me right here, right? That it went right to the middle of the breakout zone, and now it's starting to roll back over. we we continue to be at a very uh, critical tipping point, right? For, for the dollar. And if we can get above this, the, we're always testing, right? The, the markets are a weighing machine, right? So it takes in information here, takes in information there, and then it makes its decision, right? It weigh, it's a weighing machine, right? So we take all this input, all this economic data, all this political input, financial market input, you know, the US relative to, you know, like we talked about Asia, Middle East, Europe, And so money starts to flow, we talk about money flowing out of Asia. What does that mean? Well, is it flowing into the dollar, right? Where where is money gonna be treated best? If it's gonna flow into the US, we're gonna see that come through the US dollar, typically, right? So the question is, you know, back in here down at the lows, right? Way back in here, we weren't hearing a lot of talk about the dollar you know, we, as we ended the year, or as we ended 2023, it was all about the destruction of the dollar, dollars collapsing, dollars collapsing, dollars collapsing. And the dollar fights its way back, gets back up. And so yesterday, all I heard on, on the mainstream financial news was the dollar is now strong, right? The dollar is now strong. So, you know, what's going to happen from here, right? If we take a look at our bigger picture just quickly, right? dollar is positive right it's above this converging triangle that we've talked about several times it's holding its ground you know we're looking at some kind of a move mid to late 2024 in the dollar that lines up with the political the political um, process right in the u.s right the presidential election so i'm looking at this u.s dollar as a a big indicator of what's going on and what is what is going to go on so as long as we stay above right? Basically right around in this area, this 95 level, we have to look at the dollar on the upside, right? The the positives of the dollar. So when we see these things being taken down, like the national asset companies, that's positive for the dollar, right? Even though it could have been very destructive to the dollar, it is a positive for the dollar. We have to take our small victories, right? The dollar is taking its small victories. The whole world's, as we talked about, you know, we can see all the things that are going on in the world that aren't positive, but this is a this is a positive so far. Dollar hanging in there, right? We, if we jump over and we, with that, we, there's a little bit of talk about the bonds. So we've talked a little about the yield curve, right? So we've got this yield curve structure, two-year debt, five-year debt, 10-year debt, 30-year debt, right, and that creates, in, in shorter term stuff, but that creates the yield curve. The two-year has been on the move, and the 10 years hasn't been moving as much on a relative basis so what that means to us is we're getting a yield curve yield curve shift and when that happens right it'll it'll start to play out through the dollar as well we'll probably take a look at that on monday when we cover the financial side of the world economic forum and we cover some of the other financial stuff as we roll into the first of next week but i'd like to bring that into the picture right this this yield curve because it's starting to have a big impact on some on some of the big financial players because most the stock market's big but the bond market's even bigger right significantly bigger and then the currency market is even significantly bigger than that so we have to keep these things in perspective and the, the bond market when it starts to make big shifts it causes a lot of financial financial um money managers big problems uh, big adjustment big needs for adjustment right the problem is they're kind of back in the corner and there there isn't always Room for them to maneuver, so we're going to keep a close eye on. Right, we're going to we're going to start taking a, a look at the yield curve as well. And Pete and I'll jump into that, and I'm sure we'll cover that a lot because I think this is going to be, become a big factor this year. So, um, with that, we're going to we'll skip over the bonds today. So that's a dollar. We'll skip over the bonds. Right, let's take a quick look at the energy markets. So We'll look at crude oil. We'll see what's going on, right? Um, relative to what's going on in the Middle East, you know, has it had much of an impact? And it has a little bit, right? We've seen this week crude oil has moved up, right? And let me slide that over so people can see. Let's you see, see the price ranges. So this is this this chart showing just to give you some time perspective. This chart is showing since mid October, right? So this is right after we saw the attacks on Israel. And you know, people didn't think the crude oil market could go up, right? This was our downside objective at this 7937 level, right? We've marked that with that dash green line. Crude oil, we were afraid the way crude oil was trading through here, right, as choppy as it was, it was setting up for a big move down. So we, we popped through, okay, and then we 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 called for a retest of this 7937 and we got two of them. We got one here and we got one here, right? And we said, as long as crude oil stays below the 7937 level, it's it's under pressure. Okay, so again, we take the harmonics, right? This is a harmonic structure. You take the harmonics, and then we start looking at the news, right? That's what we're doing today. We're going back. We're looking at the Middle East. We're watching what's going on in the Red Sea. We're watch, watching what's going on around the world from an energy perspective. And now we're applying it back to this. We're still below, way below 79.37. So as long as it stays below there, the pressure is going to be to the downside of crude oil, right? And, and we're seeing that, right? Even though we're seeing this, you know, these uprisings in iran pakistan you know the red sea all these potential choke points that we talk about that can restrict the flow of energy still we see crude oil under pressure this tells us a story right so um that gives us a little bit of background on crude oil and with that we'll jump over to let's take a look at metals because i know that is something we've been discussing quite a bit we'll take a quick look here at gold right this was back when this was the first attack on the red sea okay so we fulfilled an objective up here at this bright green line and then we sold straight off again all the way back down into the breakout zone right and then we've been messing around with this old halfway level right and we see gold come back down get down into this area that's kind of messy right and now it's bouncing a little bit again so what's going on with gold it's just, it's lost in space, right? It's just, it really is. It's just lost between these levels. We can see a big impact going on here. We can see this area hold. So we call this resistance gets up into there. It gets resisted to going higher. We get down into here. We call this support markets finding support down in here. So gold is basically lost in space. So if we flip over, so what can we look at to give us a little more clarity, right? We'll take a look at <clears throat> this is a silver market, right? We came down, um, again we take let's take a look at this halfway level right at 2370 per ounce we can see multiple tests of, of silver in that area and what did we do last night uh make sure that was last night yes yesterday and last night we came down we hit the seven eights right down in here and then we bounced. where are we now we're back at the six eights right so we're chopping around in here can we come down and finish this full downside harmonic this would be a great thing for us as market quant quantitative analysts <clears throat> technical analysts because we would then have something to lead against right we could so even though gold is lost in space we would see that silver we would now have something to lead against right so we'd be looking at the silver market as our guiding force right our guiding light and so we're i'm i'm hoping that we see this 2214 announce. and that's what this target is down here so if we see this 2214 we want to see what the reaction would be there is there going to be a reaction is is the silver market going to hold up at that 2214 or is it going to blow through there one way or the other odds are very high right because that's how these harmonic structures work is that we'll see some sort of a reaction there, either a slicing through that 2214 or it'll find support there and we'll see it chop, bounce, reverse to the upside. That's what we would be looking for. If we get that, it gives us a lot of clarity as to what's going on in the markets. And so let's jump over and take a quick look at copper because we call this Dr. Copper. Copper market's pretty smart. It's able to see changes in the industrial sector, changes in mostly industrial, right? Coppers use obviously wiring, new home sales, you know. So with new home sales being fairly strong, we would, you know, that would be a, a, An underlying force for copper to be you know stronger right demand for copper a lot of different uses for copper but in this case we here's an old downside halfway harmonic level right and that's where copper went to over the last this is uh this right here is january 15th so this is this trade down in here is basically this week okay so that's showing the trade for this week we hit this halfway harmonic we'd love to see what happens if silver gets to that 2214 does copper hold at this 37 28 um level if it does that gives us two markets that are showing confirmation there and then what would gold be doing at that point in time that's what we would be looking at right so with that let's let's jump into one market that we haven't looked at yet um here we go corn right so with all this stuff that's going on through the straits of you know through all the middle east ukraine right you know corn is a major major factor around the world right from an agricultural perspective so here we look at you know uh corn from all the way back in april of 2022 when it made its highs right so uh let me see if i can get a little perspective here so trump right when he was on his way out he created the deal with china okay he put pressure on China to buy our grains and our agricultural products. And that was part of the China deal right? that went on, went on for a long time. And it was it was a very messy deal. Right. Then COVID came. he got the deal through. Right. And then COVID came out right out of China, kind of put this on the sidelines. But, you know, you can see the impact. Right. I mean, the, this was good for the US because corn is a, um, this corn, especially right. This is US based corn. OK although it, all the world's markets trickle into this market. This is the CBOT, CME, corn market. And we see this huge move up, right, in the corn market. And this was probably a result of some of the behaviors and some of the things that Trump had put in place, right? And so now we're seeing the reversal of this, right, as we start to see the shutdown of grains, the shutdown of these commodities around the world, right, especially the feedstocks, right? So corn needs that, that fertilizer and so we're seeing this downtrend in corn and it's been a pretty big deal this is august of 2023 so we're starting to break to new lows and that's what i really wanted to point out right This corn is starting to break to a new low right in here this we want to pay attention to because four dollars a bushel would be a big number and that's down in here that would be a big number for this really puts pressure on the u.s farmer really puts them under the gun makes it hard for them to survive right this so what is a globalist agenda to make it hard on farmers to make it hard on everyone so we're going to start watching this corn market because we think it's a critical component to getting this global perspective to getting this understanding of what's going on and with that what we can do is we'll start to take we'll start to jump over to what's going on with the world economic forum Um, this is one of those events that uh, you know we i can't say we look forward to it it's always a a little bit comical to see how this goes on we named this show chaos and davos the reason is because you'll see on the streets we have so the the, the concept of, of here's what i want to get to right with with davos is the theme this year is restoring trust okay at davos right so these globalists know there are few and then there's you know the many of us right they want to keep control over the masses and That's essentially what goes on at Davos, right? Is they get behind doors, right? There's private lobby that goes on that's not out front. You know, it's not covered by the the mainstream media. It's very biased, right? So um, there's so much to unpack here, right? But what we've tried to do is we've tried to take today, right, three things. Um, We've tried to take, take a look at health, climate change, right, inflation, and we've tried to pull components out of what's going on at the world world economic forum out on the street right and in inside right the stuff they want us to see that's all polished and and you know you know, good lighting, good good environment for the people being interviewed, and then we want to see it. What's going on in the street, and we want to look at this from a health perspective. So who we pull out? We pulled out Tedros, right, who leads the World Health Organization, right. Most of you probably know him from the COVID pandemic deal, right? He was pretty front and center with Fauci and Burks and all those people, and Gates and all these guys during the climate change during the uh, the COVID the COVID uh, window of time from you know, late night late 2019 into the early 2021 these guys were front and center and then we we'll we'll take a look at climate change right which is through john Kerry, right there's no 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 one whose face right you know who rises up out of the casket it looks like i mean i can't believe this guy (laughs) sometimes you wonder if he's still breathing but he uh you know we're going to take a look at him from from a climate change perspective because there's no one who has the face of climate change better than John Kerry, in my mind, right? And then we're gonna take a look at inflation. And so we pulled out Malay, right? The new leader of Argentina, okay? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through some of those clips. The first clip we wanna go through, though, is we're gonna go back to our buddy, Donald Trump, right? Who, although he's not in Davos, right? And we're going to roll this our second clip of the day. And so he might as well have been in Davos, right? Because this is a direct attack on this globalist scene, right? The the thing that they need the most to make this to make their whole plan work is they're going to have to convert us over to some sort of a central bank digital currency. Because if we have paper currency, right, if we have the ability to barter and um, some form of barter, these people have no control over us right so they need to enact some sort of a central bank digital currency because that's how they're going to get their climate agenda that's how they're going to get their health control it's how they're going to continue to push their inflation right where they keep us on the wheel they keep us working hard right doing what they want right and they and the reason the way they can do that is because they always keep us under the gun we inflation takes away our freedoms right so that's what we that's our theme of the day right is chaos and davos and there's no one better to kick it off than donald trump so if we can with that let's roll clip to donald trump take
4: it taking a shot into da- directly into davos from government tyranny as your president i will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency you know about I'm very well, New Hampshire, very smart people, very, uh, very current. You know what they're doing. Such a currency would give a federal government, our federal government, the absolute control over your money. They could take your money, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know it was gone. This would be a dangerous threat to freedom, and I will stop it from coming to America. I'm also making
2: all right. So, there's our. There's our warrior right there taking a shot straight into davos now remember that you know back when he was president he wasn't at one point in time he was friends of all these globalists right um you know a prominent real estate player and in, in obviously on the new york scene but this guy also had a lot of stuff over in europe so he's he's friends with a lot of these people and once he became president he started taking a stand for the people they didn't like him in Davos, but he went anyway, right? He, he went as unannounced as you can possibly go with about a month's notice, right? That's for someone like him you know, to move all of the equipment and all the protection, protective stuff. About a month is about, it. that's about as short a notice you're gonna get to sneak someone in or take someone into Davos. So he came basically unannounced into Davos and it really turned some things upside down. So we love to see this, right? We love to see him taking direct shots at them. The, the, not all of the public is going to get what he's saying there right when when they see that clip but you know davos knows exactly what he means right they know they they feel the missile coming in there right so with that we're gonna we're gonna take it we're gonna now we're gonna to go to the streets of davos okay this is this is always fascinating rebel news right another independent media they send uh, i think they have a team of six or eight people over there They are doing great work, right? It's not always productive, but what's great is that they're putting a light on them, right? They're putting a light on Tedros. And so we get to see these guys out of their element, right? They're always in a controlled element, right? They're always in a controlled place. You'll see it. It's typical, right? They put them up on stage, good lighting, good background, chairs, you know, they're all comfortable. You know, they got their legs crossed. They got their cup of coffee, right? They're in the, you know, and they're protected, right? the beauty of what rebel news is doing is and you know they're out on the street there's another one that's doing a great work on this too nor bin laden the the niece of osama bin laden right she's doing great work on this too and we're going to pick up some of her stuff because she's doing a great job from a financial perspective she's a little more financially oriented than rebel news Um, so we'll pick her up on Monday when we move over to the financial side of this but for right now let's just take we're going to take a look at clip three we're going to watch what happens with Tedros and his entourage on the streets while the rebel media guys are tracking him down so with that we can roll clip three
4: hi dr tedros can i ask you dr tedros how are you doing um do you think you did well in uh covid and if you're going to do as well in disease x you links <laughs> Mrs. Hedros, how you doing? How do you feel you went in COVID? We're rushing to a meeting. Oh, we can walk later on. We'd love to walk with you to the meeting. What's the meeting about? Is it about disease X?
5: It's a a meeting with UAE. With the UAE? Hmm? Okay. Dr. Adnan, do you believe that lockdown should always be rejected as a public health measure? Can we talk later? What time? I'm happy to arrange a meeting with you. We, sir. Yes. Do you believe lockdown should be rejected as a public health measure? What, what? What? What is
4: disease X? Mr. Tedros, what
5: is disease X?
4: Will you condemn? And when is China going to release it? China mandates lockdown as a public health bad. intervention. Do you think the man, yeah? yeah the World Health Organization wants actually, during the coronavirus pandemic, <laughs> change the definition how, how are you doing? I would love to talk to, to, doctor. to do you, doctor. Do, do, do you apologize for what you did during COVID? And should people have to go through disease X with you now that you say it's 10 times worse? Sir, it's a simple question. Do you
6: condemn public health interventions like lockdowns and vaccine mandates?
4: The slogan for the, the agenda. Are you going to apologize for Getting everything wrong from mask no. mandates no. to vaccine, no. Mandates. No. To vaccine no. mandates. should be so, held accountable for it for all the Okay, sorry. Don't, sorry. don't push me. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Doctor Tedros, this is your chance sorry. to apologize to the world for your role during COVID. Would you like to take it? It's okay to get Do we have to wait for you to get everything wrong in Disease X? Do you think the vaccine mandates are wrong? You got everything from mask mandates to vaccines wrong. Do you want to apologize our lockdowns or do we have to suffer in Australia? We We had the longest lockdowns in our city and that was based on your advice. You don't want to apologize to Australians or anyone. What about the current excess deaths? Do you want to talk about those? Do you take any responsibility for people who died because of the policies you pushed? Why do- it's rebuild regaining. They say regaining trust is the theme this year. Are you part of the reason why they've lost trust in the WEF and everybody's finally knows who you are and what you stand for? Thank you Dr Tedros for showing us how transparent you and the World Economic Forum so what happens so there
2: we get we get a look at Tedros <clears throat> um, in the streets of of Davos right walk in the streets what they call it the, they call this the promenade so what happens in Davos is it's a quaint little ski town and <clears throat> the big companies come in and they take it over right during this this inner this time frame of the world economic forum settling in and so they have to move about from one building to another and that's what these guys do is they catch them coming out of one building moving to a meeting in another part of part of davos and and that's what you know exposes these guys right they get this little window of time to try to track them down and question them right so with that what we'll do is we'll take a look at so here's the big thing with tedros right let's think back was he really right about anything during COVID? you know this guy's got a very troubled background with his own home country i don't even think he's welcome there anymore um you know there's a lot behind the whole story with that but the point is this guy isn't well liked he's not truly a medical doctor right we don't really know how he got in this position um he's bill gates funds the world health organization you know the biggest private component of it so does the us so do some others but Bill Gates drives a lot of it through his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all of his other entities that that sit underneath that umbrella. So essentially what happens is Tedros, you know, who's he working for, right? And does he even intend to be right? So he really wasn't right about anything in COVID and people aren't happy. So again, back to the theme of restoring the trust here he is out on the street. He could easily stop. He's got protection. He could easily stop, answer a couple questions, right? If he if he was confident in himself he could do that but he's not right this guy can't handle it right so now what we're going to do is we're going to jump over into the controlled environment where he talks about disease X okay so the World Economic Forum right they're the ones that brought up disease X right but then they turn around and they blame it on independent media for blowing this out of proportion but they're the ones that brought up disease X we don't even know what disease X is right they won't tell us so how are they restoring trust so let's take a look at Tedros in his controlled environment right. And, and and just look at the difference between street and inside in clip four.
7: Especially the disease X, it's um, attracting a lot of attention and I hope you have seen it in the social media, um, but it's not a new idea. Um, the first time we used the terminology was in 2018. Um, The discussions were in 2017, I was just new director general. Uh, As you know, we annually list the emerging diseases Uh, and uh, MERS could be one, Zika, Ebola, those we know. But then we said there are things that are unknown that may happen, and anything happening is a matter of when, not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the disease we don't know, that may come. And that was when we gave the name Disease X. Um, So Disease X is a placeholder for uh, unknown um, disease. Um, I just wanted to start by clarifying that because there is already a a lot of attention. If I may, although COVID came immediately, we were preparing for COVID-like disease. You You may even call COVID as the first disease X. So whether it's in health systems or even the private sector, by the way, in research and development, for instance, you can prepare for it. Actually, it started with this disease X issue with a research and development blueprint. It's a blueprint. And research and development should be at the center also to test drugs, to test other tools. Other, other, other
2: all right. so hopefully you can see the difference between him on the street and him in a controlled environment again trying to talk a little bit about disease x not sure we accomplished much i'm not sure we restored much trust there um, in him you know do we really think he's going to be right if we get a disease x is he the guy that we really want to look to um is he going to be our guiding light i'm not so sure about that right so with that you know that kind of gives us a perspective on the health right you know of, of uh of um you know, what's going on in Davos, the health side of it, big, a huge component of what goes on in Davos, right, is the climate change, right? Um, And there's no better face than that, like we talked about, than John Kerry. So what we'll do is we're going to take a look at John Kerry. We have two good clips of him out on the street, basically out on the street. First one is Rebel News. The next one, I believe, is um, Sky News, right? So we get another journalists out there now obviously he you'll see he gives he wants to give no time to rebel news right these guys are starting to get aware of what's going on so he gives almost no time and no um he doesn't stop he doesn't he doesn't engage with rebel news but then when you see sky news right a little bit more of a controlled media source what does he do he engages so the first clip we're going to see is him with rebel news and then i'll come back and we'll set this up again for the second clip for um uh, him with Sky News. So with that, we can go ahead and roll
8: clip five. Ambassador Kerry, what are your plans after? Ambassador, what are your plans
9: going forward? Uh, not going to talk about it right now here. Last time we were here, we asked you a question no? about your private jet, and you said you stopped flying private. I don't have a private. Jet. Are you going
8: back to private jets after your your work with the Biden administration? Thank you very much. I do not Thank have you. a private jet. I didn't say you had one. I said you flew on one. You don't fly on it
10: when was the last time you flew private thank you
2: thank you, you thank you
9: guys. Ambassador.
2: okay so there's john Kerry getting the eternal question what about your private jet right so remember he's married into wealth um he ran for president right he's this guy's definitely a globalist i mean he's the face he's the front face of of globalism right and you know Thank goodness he wasn't president. Maybe who knows? Maybe it didn't matter whether he would have been become president or not. You know, back in the day. But anyway, this guy loves Europe. He's been seen at the Tour de France many times, right? He was buddies with Lance Armstrong. You know, he's the face of of, of uh, um, you know climate change, face of carbon emissions, right? And so he gets the question by Avi, of course, right? Where's your private jet? Did you fly on a private jet? We knew he didn't. We know he didn't fly commercial there. you know. So anyway, so that in mind, let's roll over to the next one, which is this clip with Sky. He does engage a little bit more here. And it's actually a fascinating conversation. But what he does talk about, right, is he refers back to um, COP28. Okay. So, um, cop 28 is a lot like the world economic forum in the sense where it's where these guys where these globalists get together and they talk about things not to go into great detail on that right now but we did cover that a couple months ago on cop 28 and um uh you know i think it's interesting that he makes referral to this and don't don't forget here that john Kerry's on his way out okay so he is the climate envoy right under biden and This isn't going well, okay? So I'm going to start setting up the next clip, right? Even though we're not going to go to that one yet, well, I'll hold off on that, right? The next clip, you'll see, you'll see that he, you'll let me just let me refrain on that, right? Right now, let's just pick him up with Sky News on clip six, right? Where he, yeah, yeah, clip six, where he talks further about the um, his agenda, and so with that, we can roll
4: clip six. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? The peasants pay for your crimes.
9: That's a stupid question.
4: Is it? A stu- is it really? Is it? Is it? Is it more stupid than you travelling here to tell us? Please, don't, sorry. We're
5: done. We're done. We are done now.
4: You don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, We have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world. Nobody ever suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. You, you being here suggests that. Make up a stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that.
9: And, and I have done a huge amount. Listen, to reduce now submission. it's
4: finished. Please. Why can't I ask him questions? Please. Who are you? Why are you trying to bully me out of us No. So, please. <laughs> that, that doesn't, a lot of people say no to a lot of the policies and agendas he pushes. They don't get a choice. So why can't we ask him a question in a public space? Can you, you not that. touch me? Can you not touch me?
8: I'll, I'll, I'll stop. to you.
4: I no, I'm question. I'm happy. Wait. What? So, so answer. We can walk nicely. Your question. What did you answer? Please, sir. Thank you. I don't even know what you're asking.
2: I I don't know, sir. Sir. Listen, I. Yeah,
4: that's all right. We're walking to the meeting. Okay. Thanks. We, you're a bunch of, Why are you working so hard to protect such a criminal? That's right. Criminals. Why, why are you protecting criminals? There you go.
2: Okay, so my mistake on that, that was Avi with Rebel News again, getting John Kerry on the streets through the promenade, as we talked about. Um, some interesting conversation there again. John Kerry doesn't engage, right? So this is the one that where he engages with the Sky News. This is clip seven, right? This is where he refers to that COP28, right? And this is where he does engage. So look, just look at the slight difference when he knows who the media, who the media, um, who's there talking to him. Right at first, he resists it, but you'll see he starts to pick up the conversation as he's walking to this next meeting. So go ahead, we can go ahead and roll clip seven. This is the one we want to look at. The difference on this one, clip seven.
9: John Kerry, hi. We're live on Sky News. Just quickly, I mean, what do you, what do you, what's on your agenda here? Uh, I'm getting to an interview very quickly. Okay, That's all right. I mean. But like, presumably, the energy sector, the Red Sea, now, it must be on, something you're concerned about as what's, well? What's on my agenda is making sure that the business world is fully seized with the opportunities that were created in Dubai at the COP, and that we are moving much more rapidly to implement uh, the transition away from fossil fuel. Right, I see. That has to be real. So that's the priority. Okay. Are you paying much attention to what happened in Iowa? Uh, of course, I've noticed. But it's way too early to make any judgments there. Okay. All right. There we are. John Kerry. Thank, Thank you, my my thanks. thanks. Thank you. John Kerry, hi.
2: Okay. So there we see John Kerry, right, in a much more comfortable situation, still a little bit uncomfortable, still would rather be sitting in his chair, you know, with his cup of coffee on stage with the light shining. You know, that's where he's most comfortable. But you can see much more engagement there, right? He actually responds to the reporter. He knows he's not under the gun, right? So again, think about restoring trust, right? Are these people really restoring the trust, you know, when they won't address the tough conversations, right? That the people, the people really want to hear, right? We want to hear what these guys are really up to when he, when he has, when he's faced with that question, he doesn't want to deal with it. So with that in mind, what we're going to do is we're going to roll to the next clip, right, which is with him being interviewed by the Bloomberg crew, right? So this crew is you know, three of the big powerhouses at Bloomberg that run the morning show okay and he's you know he's in a comfortable well it's outside so it's not as comfortable but it's a comfortable setting right and he does engage right obviously you know it's a setup uh interview but what's important here is watch what these people do they know that this guy's on his way out the door why is he on his way out the door because he's not he's not succeeding at this climate change policy gig that he's got going on, right? He's an envoy, right, for the climate change, but it's not going well. Okay, so the people are figuring this out. You know, they're 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 foiling the mystery, right? They're they're they're, you know, this is the pressure right that we're putting on them okay so this is what's so effective and avi don't think that he doesn't have an impact on this stuff right don't think that all this you know these people harassing them down the promenade right in davos don't think that us shooting down these nacs right these national asset companies right don't think that this doesn't get back to these people they know exactly what's going on right they're connected this is all part of their scheme right they're part of their gig so watch this thing unfold right it starts off pretty gentle and they move through the three different people they all get to ask their questions and they actually start putting some pressure on this guy right and he doesn't really know how to respond so let's pick this one up clip eight it's a little bit longer clip but pay attention to the the progression of this right as they start hitting him on electric vehicles they make good points right bloomberg normally is a pretty protected environment for these people but he's not protected here they go after him just a little bit so let's go ahead and roll clip eight
5: there's a lot to unpack there. Let we just start with NATO. You mentioned NATO and rebuilding NATO. When the former president said what he had to say about NATO, he wasn't wrong. There were a lot of members who had promised to invest in defense that were falling short continuously. Has that changed?
9: It has changed, but it still has to uh, be fulfilled. The promise has to be fulfilled, the 2%. And, um, uh, but, I, but look, again, we have a myriad of major global challenges. Let's talk about one of the biggest that doesn't get the daily focus of uh, Ukraine or of the Middle East, but it's killing a lot of people. The climate crisis is killing just air quality alone. We lose about 7 million people a year who die because of the bad air quality. You look at what's been happening last year, 2023, the single most disruptive year in history of measuring climate impacts. Fires, floods, massive rainstorms, greater intensity to storms, uh, the heat, which people can't live in, massive numbers of refugees already. And that could grow worse as it gets warmer, which it is going to, because we're not moving fast enough to curb the impacts of unmitigated burning of fossil fuel. So there's only one cause of this crisis. It's the unmitigated burning of fossil fuel. And we in Dubai. 195 nations strong, including oil and gas producing countries, including ours, all signed up to transition away from fossil fuel, to do so in keeping with the science, which means trying to hold 1.5, that's a pretty rigorous standard, to do so keeping 2050 net zero, and finally to accelerate our efforts in this decade. That's a pretty big mandate, folks.
2: At the same time, the U.S. is pumping more than 13 million barrels of oil. Oil per day it is a record amount it has been credited for offsetting some of the geopolitical risk do you think that that's a policy
11: failure or a policy success
9: it's a policy necessity because uh you obviously can't shut down the economies of the world and and be ridiculous and in, in sort of say oh okay we don't you know you're gonna you're gonna affect demand without affecting supply at the same time you've got to have a, a, a broad approach That's what the administration is trying to do for the moment. You have to try to keep the economy stable and keep the price low enough that you don't have revolutions in countries all around the world because the gas prices are ten bucks a gallon, whatever it's going to be. So you've got to have some reasonable. But that has to be accompanied by a very clear set of policies that are moving in the direction of this transition away from fossil fuel that are therefore deploying renewables faster, that are putting new technologies out there in order to mitigate. If we don't do that, then it is a mistake and it contributes to the problem. But a lot of but people- I think we're going to do that. And I think we're doing that already right now in many parts of the world.
2: A lot of people talk about what the future is. Joe Biden's talked a lot about electric vehicles, but we've seen a lot of companies pull back from electric vehicle production because there isn't a the demand. Do you get the sense that there is a successful, coherent policy that has been prescribed
11: by Joe Biden to achieve what you're talking about while also pumping record amounts of oil?
9: Yes, there has been a very, very clear policy, which regrettably has been attacked by people who are engaged in high levels of disinformation. They've been trying to scare people about the range of vehicles. So there's range anxiety out there. But in addition to that, uh, you've had uh, some pullback because community Communities aren't moving fast enough to give permitting to deploy some of the renewables that we need. So you've had wind farms that were going to be built that have now taken years longer than than was than was calculated in, in making the deals, and people have had to recalculate now how that deal is going to work. So the answer is we have to all of us embrace this transition. If we're going to take five and ten years and have years of litigation over whether or not you're going to have a, uh, a renewable plant somewhere nearby, we're in trouble. We're not gonna get there. And we have to accelerate that. And that's a lot of the message right here
5: in Davos. Just to jump in, it's difficult for me to believe that the poor EV sales are a consequence of a misinformation campaign about range anxiety. Let's take Hertz, not my view, view of the car rental company. They come out and they've got to dump 20,000 EV cars. They don't just talk about rebalancing supply with demand. They talk about the cost to carry. It's really expensive to keep these vehicles, it's really expensive to go and buy one. I think what we're seeing is a reality check, not just about the ultimate destination, but the pace at which we get there, a reality check, because for most everyday Americans, they can't afford this. Let me tell you what's happening. Uh, The price is going down as
9: the price of renewables has gone down. The price of renewable solar has gone down 83% in the last years. The price of wind has gone down 50% in the last years. The price of lithium has gone down something like like 97 percent in the last years and and we do need to send stronger demand signals to the marketplace now we have an entity here that we've created a number of years ago called the first movers coalition we have a hundred of the top corporations of the world in this first movers coalition that includes apple microsoft salesforce boeing uh fedex Ford, general motors a whole bunch of you know major american em- and other international companies, and they have agreed they're going to pay a green premium voluntarily, in order to send a market signal to have green steel created now. Volvo has said we'll buy 10% of our steel, it's going to be green. So they're making green steel. Cement is now on sale in Lafarge Wholesome, the the largest cement dealer in the world. They're making green cement. And it's better cement. People are buying it not because it's green, because it is better. So we're seeing a movement towards a rational transition with those biggest companies. And I'll tell you, if the CEOs of those companies can persuade their boards and their shareholders that this is a valuable enterprise, then more people are going to buy into this over a period of time. This is a transition. It doesn't have to happen overnight. There will be ups and downs. There will be bumps in the road. But I'm telling you, EVs now, there's an efficient level of penetration, about 92% in Norway. Major levels in China. The, the front page of the Economist has a big uh, picture of uh, you know electric vehicles in China coming in towards the United States, um, and and those are selling for something like twenty two thousand five hundred bucks, and it's going to become a bone of contention. You watch. We'll have some discussions about that. But the point I make is. This will even out over time. General Motors and Ford and Mercedes and Volkswagen and Hyundai and Toyota, these companies have all spent billions of dollars retooling their plants. I'm telling you, I don't care. It doesn't matter who comes in. Uh, uh, whoever the president of the United States is or a public official is, those CEOs are not going to suddenly go back and say, oh, let's go back and and, and we'll make... Uh, of course you know, not.
1: They're ready on a plan. But we talk about the materials to make an electric vehicle and the right. negative externalities of these? These raw materials are in Africa. And then they're processed, 85% in China. We're talking about serious manufacturing issues, labor issues, human rights issues. How do you weigh that against carbon emissions?
9: Well, uh, we always, President Biden, I think more than any president in recent time, has been fighting for the rights of workers. And he is constantly, as you know, referring to unions and union workers and defending the rights of workers to be able to do better. So, uh, but but those materials you refer to, sure, uh, th- that we're going to go through a transition. There's a lot of lithium in Mexico, by the way, cobalt, nickel. These are the things we need. They're not all in Africa. And now the National Security Council of the United States under President Biden's direction has focused in on these critical minerals. And and I think you're going to see the balance of where they come from and who has them change, mostly because of market forces. The marketplace is going to support this transition. And I think it's irrevocable now. There's no question about whether or not the world is going to get to a low-carbon, no-carbon economy. We're going to get there. The only question is, are we going to get there in time to not be ravaged by the worst consequences of the climate crisis? And that's not me talking. That's the best scientists in the world who have warned us. You've got to do these things now or it's going to cost you more down the road. There's a lot to unpack.
2: Okay, so hopefully uh, you see what I was talking about, right? He was definitely under pressure. They hit him on, you know, the uh, electric vehicles. They hit him on, uh, does his climate change, does it make sense, right? Does any of this make sense? And that's really the theme that comes out of that. A lot of what these guys are doing, this climate change, just doesn't make sense. And electric vehicles just don't make sense, right? And so we saw that this week, the last two weeks, it's been fairly big in the news that budget just dropped all of its electric vehicles. And so when I've been on some trips, you know, you talk to people who rent electric vehicles, they're paranoid because they get an electric vehicle. They don't know how, they, they, they're not used to it, right? They're used to a combustion engine. They get it, out and about in the town right and they're rolling around and, and they see the the meter going down right there's they don't they just don't get it right they don't understand like how much battery do i still have left you know what if i turn the air conditioning on what if i do this so that's the one component from the human consumption side right you know yeah they're great right they're quick electric cars makes a lot of sense it fits a lot of you know fits a lot of mindsets right the innovators Right. That kind of stuff. But all in all, the electric vehicle doesn't make a lot of sense. The batteries are expensive. You have to mine all this lithium, the lithium footprint that it makes. It just doesn't add up. People know this. People are seeing this in Bloomberg's even going after him on this stuff. Right. They're going after him from the activist movement. You know, what is it doing? to you know, the mines in Mexico, the lithium mines, right? What's it doing to the lithium mines in, on the African continent that China's exploiting, right? So we get into all kinds of stuff, but people who are paying attention aren't buying into this anymore, right? Now, there is an issue with climate change and a lot of these, so um, at some point in the future, we'll cover some of this where, They actually are seeding issues in the in the environment so they're actually creating the climate change that they want to talk about this is real typical activity of them right they create the problem and then they try to create the solution right pete's talked about this a lot the hegelian dialectic right create the problem create the you know action create the solution right so they love to do this right it's how they maintain control right of the situation so with that you know we've taken a look at the health side with tedros right and we see, you know, is this guy, is this the guy that we really want running our global health policy? Probably not, right? Doesn't look like he's qualified. We see John Kerry, right? Bloomberg, even Bloomberg attacking him, normally a safe environment for a guy like him. They're attacking him, right? Not hard, not as harsh as Avi out in the streets of, of Davos, but still attacking him. So with that in mind, right, we'll take a look at a populist president who's rolled in, right? This is a guy that maybe is capable of making changes in Argentina. So one thing I want to point out that we didn't get into, maybe we'll cover this at the 8.30 when the economic data comes out, is cryptocurrency has been getting pounded the last couple days, right, from a high in in the high 40,000 range down into the 40s so what does this mean well we, what we can do with cryptocurrency especially bitcoin we can look at a place like el salvador okay and we can look at a guy like uh um Bukili, Bukili right so he's their president right and he's adopted the bitcoin concept okay so he's turned around el salvador in a short period of time okay he's walked in there and he is you know held held up the rule of law right he's you know, created a good economic environment for people to flourish. And the people are doing very well in El Salvador, right? And they're adopting this cryptocurrency concept, right? Where they're isolated from everyone else, right? El Salvador sits right, you know, right in Central America. So he took a, a one of the least safe countries to, to move around in right with over the past five years. And he's turned it into probably the safest or one of the safest countries to move around in. So we've seen this model, right? You get a guy like him in there. Who's got some innovative ideas and they can make a difference, right? We saw this with Trump. They can't make a difference. Even in an economy, the size of the United States, what we're going to see with Malay, right? Is this guy's going at them just like Trump. Okay. He's attacking them and does he have the capacity right He, you know there are times he looks like you know a rolling stones you know drummer you know what i mean he's his hair's wild you know and he's but you gotta love the guy right you we love him you know we love guys like this right that are fighting for the people so can he stand his ground can he be like a bikini right in el salvador can he do this so with this first clip clip nine right we're going to take a look at where he comes in and he says um you know you know the leaders have abandoned the model of freedom right for different versions of what we call collectivism right he just this guy's the way he described himself is an anarcho capitalist right who knows what that is right but the point is he says we're not the solution to the world's problems instead you know th- these these globalists are the root cause right so this goes right into that hegelian dialectic and you know there, you know there was there's really no one in a better place, right, to explain this, right, than than Malay right now. Okay, recently elected in a in a terrible situation in Argentina, right? If we look at the Argentine currency, it's just been crushed, right? And so, um, you know, this is a guy we want to look at because he could be the future of turning around, giving role, giving examples of how South America can get a grip on things, and some of those. You know colombia and ecuador and you know all and and, we, and you know at some point we'll cover this too right the, the uh, guyana you know that's a, been a big issue right it, it hit the media and then it went away but the point is there's a lot of turmoil across this area that's why we're getting this migration that's that's why it's easy to create this migration pattern up through our southern border is because south america is so weak so we need guys like this to recreate better economies in south america so that there is no need for migration there's just a need to try to build up your own culture, your own community. So with that, we can get ready. We'll roll clip nine of Malay, and we'll see what he has to say here.
12: Buenas tardes. Good afternoon. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Hoy estoy acá Today I'm here para que to tell you that the Western world is in danger, está en and it is es que endangered because those who are Occidente supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a lusen, vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Lamentablemente, Unfortunately, décadas, in recent decades, de motivated by de la some la well-meaning for individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us. Argentines, to testify to these two points. Buenas tardes. Good afternoon. Muchas gracias.
2: Okay, so there we get a little bit of a look at uh, Malay. If you're not familiar with this guy, it's someone to pay attention to. Someone, if you hear his name, it's probably worth, you know, listening in for a couple minutes to what he has to say. I like what he's talking here about collectivism, right? He says, you know, it binds the hands of entrepreneurs, you know, so... What he's saying is don't bind the hands of the entrepreneurs right you know um, because if you do it's going to lead to a decline in goods and services offered right so and what he's also saying is how come e- academia and the international organizations right they demonize economic systems that have lifted extreme poverty right lift lifted 90 percent of the world's population out of you know what he's saying is you know with good economic policy we can lift the world's population out of poverty okay so um, the these are the kind of guys we want to watch right does he have the ability um, can he do what Bakili's done in El Salvador can he be a leading role model down there right we know that Brazil's under pressure politically right we've seen that you know we've seen basically the same thing that's happening to Trump right is the same thing that's happening in Brazil and they' They've attacked him, they've locked, you know, uh, the, the and so now we have a false leadership in there, probably rigged elections. And if you remember, we saw that on the streets. So this guy made it through, he made it through the gauntlet of the election process, right? This is a guy we wanna be paying some attention to. And so with that, let's roll clip two. And here he talks about a little bit more about free trade capitalism, right? You know, and, and is the world now living its best moment, right? Because of free trade capitalism. So we'll roll clip 10 with that.
12: Conclusion is obvious. Far from being the cause of our problems, free trade capitalism as an economic system is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty, and extreme poverty across our planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, since there is no doubt that free enterprise capitalism is uh, superior in productive terms, the left-wing doxer has attacked capitalism, alleging matters of morality saying, uh, that's what the detractors claim, that it's unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just. And it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes, which means that the state is financed through coercion and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion and the lower the freedom.
2: okay so there we go so there's malay um i think yeah i believe that was our was that our last clip sean one more okay good all right great okay great thanks guys um so before i forget you know nathan and sean have been doing a great job in the background and i can't appreciate their help enough the um but here's the thing is that you know we we see this guy is a um Um, like I said, a guy we need to keep an eye on, right? Um, Argentina has struggled a long time. They're an example of where we could go, right, if we don't get our act together. Um, There's so many South American countries that have, have fallen, that have been extremely wealthy You know in the past and this is a a history a story that we want to look at you know it's a model of where we don't want to go right we're kind of headed there one way or another we got to dig ourselves out our backs are against the wall but this is where we don't want to go and this is what he's talking about right like you know you know thanks to capitalism thanks to free trade capitalism right you know maybe the world's living its best moment you know because of that and and What he's saying is these globalist policies aren't the way to go, you know? So here he is on the stage, right? How he got there, who knows, you know, why they give him a stage, you know, to be seen into their credit. You know, I mean, it's great that they let someone like him get up there and talk about this stuff because this is an example of he knows, right? He's lived it, his people have lived it. It's where, you know, we don't want to go if we're the West, the free economies of the world. We don't want to go where Argentina has been. Okay, and he's trying to give us that warning and he's trying to dig himself out using the things that have worked for the Western economies. Problem is, you know, these globalists have pilfered You know trillions of dollars right if you think back over the past um you know we've added so much debt since the 2008 real estate crisis and then you know a couple of little things in between there and then obviously covid i mean our debt has exploded right and not only that our policy's going down the drain you know so um We've proven it can be done, you know, Bukele's proven it can be done. Certain people around the world have proven it can be done. And this is a guy we're looking at to see, is he a guiding light to, can he do this in Argentina and help pull South America out of the throes of, you know, the darkness and bring them back into the light. And, and so with that, we can roll our final clip and then we'll, we'll basically come back. We'll take a look at, you know, uh, recap a little bit of what we've been through, why we went through these three uh people and then kind of we'll, we'll kind of set up what we'll do next week with the financial side of stuff so with that let's go ahead and roll clip 11 as our final clip on the leg thanks
12: So the market is a discovery process in which the uh, capitalists will find the right path as they uh, move forward. But if the state punishes capitalists when they're successful and gets in the way of the discovery process, they will destroy their incentives and the consequence is that they will produce less, the pie will be smaller, and this will harm society as a whole. Collectivism, by inhibiting these discovery processes and hindering the appropriation of discoveries, ends up binding the hands of entrepreneurs and prevents them from uh, offering better goods and services at a better price. So how come that um, academia, international organizations, uh, economic theory and uh, politics demonize an economic system that has not only lifted out of extreme poverty 90% of the world's population but has continued to do this faster and faster and this is morally superior and just thanks to free trade capitalism. (laughs) Um, it is um, to be seen that the world is now um, living its best moment. Never in all of mankind's or humanity's history has there been a time of more prosperity than today. This is true for all. The world of today uh, has more freedom, is rich, is more peaceful, and prosperous.
2: Okay, so there we have it. We wrapped up with Malay there. guy to keep our eyes on. Um, and so that's why we did this right today. We want to take a look at a little bit of the uh, you know, the, the health side, the climate change side. Right. And then the guy that, you know, found his way through the election process. Right. When odds were against him. Right. So this guy, is not uh, he's he's able to break the odds. You know, he's proven that. And now he's at the World Economic Forum throwing darts at them, you know, just like Trump did by saying there will be no central bank digital currency because that'll be the end of your freedoms, right? This guy's kind of beating the same drum. These are the guys we need to look to for leadership out of this mess that we're in. And, um, and so next week, what we'll do is we're gonna take a look at, well, we're gonna come back here in a few minutes and cover the economic data. Um, there's just a little bit today we'll cover on the housing market. We talked about that, we'll cover existing home sales and we'll try to if anything happens with that we'll try to maybe put a little bit of a story behind it but the big thing is you know in market ultra we have a uh, we have a site there where we'll, i'll be covering this um trying to see if i can find the number for that anyway i don't have it in front of me so um we'll have to give you that number next week the point is that we're gonna we're gonna cover this housing market. I think this is an important market to be covering. Um, the existing home sales are the ones we're looking at today because it's the one that's I think gonna give us the leading um, indication of what the housing market's doing. Um, and so we're going to pop back in at around eight, a little before eight 30. We'll cover that. Cause I think that applies to everyone, all listeners, anybody who has a home, anybody who wants a home, anybody who's ever had hopes of having a home, it's probably worth paying some attention. So it does apply to you. And then next week we'll come back. We're going to take a, more of a look at the financial side, which is what we do in market ultra. So we'll take a, a look at the financial side of what's going on at the world economic forum. So we'll look at the big bankers, the big money managers. We'll look at Ursula von der Leyen, you know, her ties with poland we'll look at uh, christine the and all her three speeches this week that we've been touting so with that you know that's we're going to wrap up this week with that we'll come back to the economic news and that gives you a little bit of a prelude to what we're going to cover on monday with that thank you and uh, for those of you who joined us the last two days thanks and uh, i appreciate you joining and we'll talk to you soon have a great weekend
10: What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand-new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free.
6: Better science leads to better outcomes. So by understanding the science in much more intimate detail delivering a value product that is so different from anybody else, more effective, shareable, really tasty. All of these attributes are classic examples of true innovation. It's the most effective product I've seen in 30 years.
13: So when we're stepping outside into seasonal changes, low humidity, sunlight, pollution, all of these things get communicated as stress on the top layer of skin that produces free radicals and they're bad news for collagen networks. They're going to break down the collagen network and collapse that beautiful uh, tensile strength of your skin. And so that's how we end up with fine lines and wrinkles. Bella Grace is really an elevated formula. (laughs)
6: Thank <laughs> you. Bella Grace is better than the competition for very obvious reasons. First of all, we're delivering great collagen. We're delivering Verisol, which is the world's most studied form of collagen. So we're starting at a foundation that's really top notch.
13: So to protect your collagen against these kinds of assaults, what you really want is a nutrient that's going to specifically go to the skin, neutralize free radicals and do it really well, protect membranes and also have some anti-inflammatory properties to help dampen the signaling that really turns up expression of those scissor enzymes. And natural astaxanthin in the Bella Grace elixir is able to do all of those things. Every day, you would have to eat six fillets of wild king salmon in order to get three milligrams of natural astaxanthin found in Bella Grace's elixir.
6: But there's two other elements that we focus in on with our other key ingredients that are in the elixir, and that is astaxanthin and cat's claw. And the value of adding those two elements, in addition to the collagen, is centered on the formation of collagen in skin, so you activate all the processes that string the peptides and amino acids together, you're generating healthy productive collagen. At the same time, you're also turning off the damaging pathways that break up collagen. So unless you take into account those components that optimize the process to make collagen and switch off the processes that destroy collagen, you're really missing the big picture. It's not enough to just consume the collagen. You have to link it all up and protect it. That's what Bella Grace does. So the Elixir is really the perfect choice. It's shareable in a single unit. You get the right dose, so you're getting the correct benefits that match the clinical trials. And it also gave us the opportunity to have a great flavor. It's just yummy.
5: This is Austin Steinbar and you are tuned in to the Pete Santilli Show.
0: Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world, but in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks, and the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 720-605
1: Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli
2: sent you.
10: To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down Comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our My Pillow Bed Sheets and Duvet Covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are Finally in, you save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year. So order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely
6: free. Good day, I'm Dr. Mark Miller for Bella Grace, and I'd like to have a chat with you about Bella Trim, our comprehensive weight management product. Now, most people early on will register a reduction in cravings associated with Bella Trim. How does it do that? Well, it does it by changing the levels of hormones that are associated with either hunger or satiety it lowers the levels of ghrelin, a hunger hormone and it raises the levels of GLP-1 the satiety hormone as a result of that rebalancing act you have fewer cravings and that result fewer trips to the snack cabinet where you may eat something that you shouldn't. It's comprehensive, it does a lot more than that though. There is a absolutely fascinating action on a metabolic switch called amp kinase ampk ampk is associated with the preferential burning of fat as a metabolic fuel and as a result, you have a reduction in visceral fat and, and reduction in waist circumference. It does more than that. It also helps regulate blood glucose. Blood glucose is a huge factor in weight management. And it does that by optimizing the actions of insulin. It also affects blood lipids. It lowers LDL, lowers triglycerides, all of those bad cholesterols that you hear about, at the same time as raising the levels of HDL, the good cholesterol. In addition for cardiovascular health, it also helps normalize blood pressure. There's more to it than that though. It also improves your microbiome. We do that by several ways. One, there's an ingredient in there that stimulates greater diversity, and the other one is prebiotics, FOSS and GOSS, that help feed the good bacteria, gentrify your microbiome. So, Bella Trim. Comprehensive. Enjoy it. Cheers.
2: go we've got the uh, today we have um, we're bouncing back in here to take a look at the economic data Um, the big events of the day are the uh, University of Michigan sentiment and the existing home sales so let me pull up these graphics we'll take a quick look at um, existing home sales this is what we've had going on in existing home sales now Uh, for the last let's give a little bit of context to this so This is since 2016, so we've got 2016, 17, 18, 19, and then you can see since 2021, 2022, we've made a double top up here at 6.5 million. So this is starting to roll over, right? And we're starting to see it move down. I mean, it looks a little more precarious than what it really is, but we do we do wanna pay attention to this existing home sales. We can see it coming down. This is why it's a big number today. It actually doesn't come out until 10. Normally I think this data comes out at 8.30, but for some reason it looks like it's been pushed back to 10 o'clock. So, but this sets it up. This is why we're paying attention to existing home sales. It's it definitely weaker than, um, than the new home sales component. And then if we flip over here, here's our preliminary uh, University of Michigan inflation expectations. And this one is, um, let me uh, take a quick look at this. So this one's expected at 3.1%. And just to give you a little background on this one, right there are two versions of this data right they're released 14 days apart so this is our preliminary and then we'll get a revised one in in, uh right around the end of the month so the expectations are for future inflation um you know as this goes down right the inflation expectations go down and so again this is going to play into the Federal Reserve this is going to play into the uh you know what is another component to what will the Fed do? Will they come back? Will they start this rate cutting process as we move into April, May, June, July window time frame? Remember, they're gonna have to do something if they're gonna if they're working in concert with the current administration, right? They're gonna have to be doing something months in advance to have an impact on the election. So we got to keep that in mind. We got a November, early November election, right? It's probably one of the biggest elections in, in all of history, maybe the biggest. And if the Federal Reserve is gonna back a side, which they tend to, then we're gonna have to start looking at when would they start these rate cuts to continue to propel the economy to keep people, you know, not frustrated with the system and keep the game going right you know and so that's what we're looking at right existing home sales the reason we look at that is because it matters to all of us right who own a home and then we look at the university of michigan sentiment because it's another indicator into inflation expectations and we got to pay attention to this because that's what the fed will do the fed and, and this will play in the elections come november so they, they have this window of time and there's a lot of other stuff that gets into it We you know these 18 month lags and 12 month lags from when they start cut raising rates to when they stop cutting rates so there's a lot more that goes into it but we're just going to look at the raw data right now we're going to look at this and then we'll add context to it as we go as we get later in the year but, so that gives you an idea we won't get that data until 10 o'clock in the market ultra site i'll, I'll I'm going to go ahead and put I'm going to put my final uh, part two of, of the housing or second installment of the housing put that in there today. Once we get this existing home sales data, so for all of you that that, that are um, inside our Market Ultra portal. Uh, take a look at that. And until then, you know, that'll wrap things up for this week. We'll look at this data. We'll come back. We'll take a look at what happened on Monday with this as we roll into the the follow-up to Davos and the finance side of Davos. So with that, have a great weekend. Thank
4: you.
1: On for COVID, you know the the virus that people can ninety nine percent of the time survive. You know the common cold. We locked it down for COVID. Uh, Abbott could shut it, and he did. And yet they don't. And I'm sorry, I don't even really care anymore. With Joe Biden and Alejandro Mariocas say from the Department of Homeland insecurity Pete, because frankly they don't work for us but our governors are supposed to really work for us and they're supposed to protect us because our states have rights just like anybody that comes in my state in Florida can be deported just like anybody coming across the state of Texas can be deported back to the country of origin they don't we don't need to keep them and we certainly don't need to bust them so uh the fact that we now know that the government is admitting to uh, over 2,000 known uh people on the terrorist watch list uh our sources that are experts in this are telling us 3 million terrorists are inside our country we know fact that we have terror cells in all 50 states Uh, we have seen with our own eyes i have been down there not only along the texas border to see it but also down in the darien gap with michael yon and other members of our team from Operation Burning Edge. Uh, we've seen Chinese aged military men, Chinese of military age, I should say, men, all men. We've seen Afghanis of military age, all men. Uh, men, uh, men from various countries in Africa, all of military age. I'm not talking like young, young, or old, old. They're all of military age.
8: thousands of episodes, shoot, I think we're, there are almost 30, uh, 3,900 episodes. Um, we have very interesting guests. Everyone loves the guests that I, that I bring on an interview. We have regular guests and then we have friends of the Pete Santilli show. Um, and I consider Ann Vandersteel to be a friend of the Pete Santilli show. And, uh, I consider her to be a friend of mine. Uh, somebody over the years that I've come to trust in the integrity of her journalism, her coverage. She's doing great work right now. you probably see her uh, down on the border with uh, Michael Yon. I don't know if she's gone down to the Darien Gap yet, but um, I know she was down in Texas. We'll talk about that. She's the uh, president chair of Zelenko Freedom Foundation, groundbreaking platform dedicated to promoting freedom and empowering individuals. She's also uh, host of Right Now with Ann Vandersteel and when the lights go out, uh, first and foremost I consider her to be a fellow patriot. She's a, a hard worker. I could literally text her or call her at 5 o'clock in the morning. She's up and at it and late into the night and one of the only people, uh, few people I know in our industry that are just you know going like gangbusters. Ann Vandersteel, welcome back. It's an important time. It's an important time. It's It's not restful for me to lay down outside of the four hours of sleep that I typically get because it's such an important time, isn't it?
1: You know, this is the kind of stuff that in 250 years, Pete, the future generations are going to look back and they're either going to reflect on all of us, meaning you, me, and everybody watching as... the greatest generation that we founded America, as in the new founding fathers, or we're going to be epic failures. But it isn't going to be middle ground. It's not going to be just, business as usual, status quo, because we're at that turning point, that inflection point, where we're either going to wake up collectively, humanity, that is,
14: mm.
1: and uh, America is going to dig itself out of the grave we find ourselves in. The I just rebirth, said it yesterday. Incredible nation, or we're not. It's I that just, simple.
8: I just said it yesterday. Uh, Did you? you Yeah, yeah. I said it. I said, you know, this is, I mean, we are at war, you know, it's fifth generational style warfare uh, that they've been working for decades to destroy our country. And we're going to come together and we're going to bring this thing back to where we need to be. But don't be looking on, don't, don't go to your grandchildren or your children and say that you sat there and let somebody else do it. We need all hands on deck. And Amen. and and you you have to pick something. Uh, get in where you fit in. If you want to be Rosie the Riveter, you know. If you want to be a stamplicker, you know, down at the GOP office to do mail. Whatever it is, you have to do something. Become a poll watcher. So many things that everyone can do. You don't need to. Just because we say it's a war, doesn't mean that you need to take up arms and fight. It's quite the opposite. They haven't shot at us, have they?
1: Well, it depends. Uh, I consider the bioweapon that was manufactured yes, right. and orchestrated by the Department of Defense, another unconstitutional agency never chartered by our founding fathers to be absolutely the first shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, the FBI but, shot at us on January 6th, Ruby Ridge, Waco. I mean, you know, the list goes on. They've been shooting at us for a long time, I think, honestly, Pete. Yeah, you know, having traditional warfare where but, and, the military's been is- rolled out, thank God for posse comitatus. But... Uh, I wouldn't shock me to find that to have them give a reason to do such, and yeah. they're going to use the United Nations uh, army to do it for them because you know Biden has hell bent on surrendering our sovereignty to the WHO vis a vis the UN and this pandemic treaty. So you're right; they haven't technically sent the army sure. to shoot us, but they've already been shooting us, and they've poisoned a yeah. lot of people and they've
8: murdered. If they fire, but if they fired bullets and they had troops, the you know uh, their um, uh, their kinetic warfare can only go so far but if they can right. launch a bio weapon it has reached every single household uh, every single every household every, every one single of us. one of us
1: everyone that took that shot is a walking bio weapon and they've shed it all over all of us That's right. and i mean we're learning now that the uh, you know i got the bio weapon that was deployed by uh, uh fort detrick at CPAC in 2020 I came home from CPAC and that night the sore throat the next morning the headache the high fever lasted for 10 days I you know damn near ended up in the hospital but I wouldn't go because I'm stubborn uh you know us Dutch people we're very stubborn but uh I uh, I I had the kind that it was might as well have given me the injection because I got all the stuff that everybody who took the bioweapon got I had the long COVID and all these issues and I've been working diligently to detox myself out of that nonsense but this is what they're doing those people that took those shots. Pete are shedding the hydrogel and all the other stuff in those shots on us. So we are all affected. No one is getting out of this unless you're some splintered tribe in the middle of the Amazon that never has seen uh, any, any, any other human that's been infected with the virus of, of one way or the other. But yep. most of the world has got the, the junk in them, it. and it's a serious problem. And, and if you listen to Todd Callender and Jane Ruby, who did an interview with Todd last night, it's really scary. What what's what could potentially happen to us? They've turned us into a what they call a um, wireless body area network, a wireless body area network. In other words, using the people that have these bioweapons in them as part of that sort of wide area network to 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 move wireless data around, wireless signals, and, and do things. It's it's
8: <laughs> these yeah. people are demented. No, but, but this it, is what this is what our Department of Defense has constructed for, us, Pete. Yeah, we we have almost I have some things. Uh, obviously, we need to uh, speak about uh, you know Kissinger talk about the border and stuff like that. But yeah. um, I do want to mention, and and, and it's part and parcel uh, right before us, AI technology in this race to develop. Uh, and the CIA and DARPA is behind this crap, by the way. Of course. Um, uh, uh, but the Hive Mind and uh, AGI and, and using computers. And then you look at the patents on the self-replicating chimeric parasite. Qualcomm's got the patent to be able to communicate two ways, the graphene oxide, 5G, you put that all together and we're nothing but just a a, a, a beacon of dopes
1: you know <laughs> <laughs> well we're the Borg remember I mean like you you've said it I've said it Hollywood has told us what was coming for us for decades now and I think back to watching the next generation my father and I used to love that show because my dad was an army air corps pilot you know I have a daughter who's a nuclear rocket scientist and she's working on various space programs and Your stuff. Daughter? And oh, brilliant wow. and my son likes to fly planes you know um, I, I by the way I homeschool these kids so I, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back there because these kids are brilliant Amen. and you know you didn't need to be the public education system to get completely you know contaminated to actually be able to be successful in life but the point i'm making here is you know we they have had a plan all along right they've had this plan all along and the fact of the matter is that uh, ai has been part of the long-range plan. The next generation told us we were gonna become the Borg and the Hive mind. And when you start to read the patents and understand what's in the shots and start to talk to the people that are experts, that are scientists in their field that have studied this, you realize that what you just said is exactly what they want to do with us. Now, I don't know if they can flip a switch on this because I'm not a scientist, but I do know the slow progression of, of communism is here. It's in our country. And communism is collectivism is a hive mind. Uh, And, you know, where we go, one, we go all can mean a lot of things, I suppose, right? Mm -hmm, It's a total communist phrase for all we know. Uh, This is the the part we're trying to understand. And I don't know how we get ahead of it unless we get control of our government. And that's what we don't have right now, Pete. We have zero control of the people that are making the decisions over us. And it's sort of like we've decided that we don't need to have control, don't want to have control. And we're just allowing them to do it because we just think, Well, there's a government they're smarter than us the fact of the matter is it's not a government it's a corporatocracy and it's public private partnership and it's being run by a bunch of people above country that has nothing to do with how our founding fathers you know constituted this country we don't even resemble what our founding fathers created 250 years ago so until we come back to that we're just going to continue to be victims of these circumstances that we have nothing nothing we've done we've done nothing but except allow it to happen
8: Oh, yeah. Uh, tell me if you agree with this. Uh, we both came from the telecom industry. It was an exciting time when we were in, uh, when we went from, you know, I remember the days doing business at pay phones with a, a day timer and, you know. I'm Avid going back calling. to the day timer,
1: Pete. I trust that more than my Swear, computer.
8: I have mine right over there. That's right. Handwritten. That's right. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, the technology and, and you said, how do we fix this? There's, I, it, It's relatively simple. Um. Unfortunately, and it's going to lead to our next topic, um, these arrogant, condescending elite, when they get access uh, to this technology and this power, uh, they, they abuse it. The technology of the cell phone, for instance, revolutionized everything. Email, computers, all that. When that technology is in the wrong hands, and it's a select few, they use it for evil. But I loved cell phones when it came out. I loved emails. I loved the internet, the world's largest library, with the books scattered all over the floor. Uh, yeah. But but that technology in the wrong hands, AI, for instance, and and I do want to say this: um, I, uh, the, the technology in the wrong hands is bad. But there are there's stuff within AI that's going to change the world that we live in, and I believe for the better. But when yeah. you use some of that stuff. Uh, for evil, that's that's where it becomes bad. So if we get rid of the select few, you know, uh, goofballs, Henry Kissinger, for instance, you give him that much power to be able to carpet bomb, you know, countries, he will. Uh, if you give him so much power to go negotiate a deal to get us off of the gold standard and you know negotiate a deal with the Saudis to buy up our debt and go to the petrodollar, he will. Uh, and he thinks he's going to lord over us. We got to get rid of the select few people, I believe
1: yeah well the kissinger of death right i mean Mm -hmm. some people are devastated you know but then you look at the people that are devastated and it's the typical establishment right if if uh you know ford was still alive he'd probably be devastated i can imagine that uh, barack obama is devastated hillary clinton and bill are devastated Uh, Klaus schwab is probably devastated or maybe not Um, but you know the fact of the matter is this guy is really a war criminal I mean, look at let's just let's just go through the list of things. Right. I was talking about this with Mel Kay earlier today. He expanded our military involvement in Vietnam. He brought a massive, you know, wide scale campaign into Cambodia. We can all remember those images, right? Totally supporting brutal regimes like in Argentina, Chile, Indonesia, uh, Pakistan. This guy was not, you know, out here, you know, uh, supporting American interests. He got China into the World Trade Organization, which maybe 30 40 years ago sounded like a good idea but look at what it delivered today our manufacturing got sent over there America has been just fleeced from one end to the other and dragged into endless war after endless war he's really a war criminal Pete he should have been tried at the Hague so should many other people but again you're going to look at the people that are out celebrating I know we're going to have this huge state funeral for him and blah 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 But does he deserve it? Well, according to this regime that says you and I are a threat to their democracy, Nancy Pelosi, uh, they're going to give it to him. But I don't see it that way at all. I mean, brilliant for what he is, absolutely even genius, for sure. But some people like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari. So I put him in that category. But, you know, that's just my opinion.
8: I don't don't, don't, don't like uh, playing clips. I, I like having a conversation. But this is very, very appropriate. I want you to listen to this because it has everything to do with he's brilliant. But... Uh, sure. he's so condescending uh, look, watch this clip real quick
6: Dr. Kissinger well, the part of our as I made clear at the start part of our forum here today is audience questions it'll come as a surprise to no one that the cards are already coming in this next question is asked of all four of you but uh, uh, but it's your turn is there anything you would like to apologize for <laughs>
10: No, this is not this is not the occasion for this sort of a question uh, so if i can comment on what was uh, uh on what on what was said uh before
8: um, and he and he goes on to say uh, and he and he trails off and this is what he describes listen to this uh, he says we were doing really important work and it was they were critical decisions and so on and so forth and at the end he said that question uh for your people that think you have a higher moral authority is inappropriate so here's my point you listen, Wait, hypocrite hypocrite with the capital h i'm sorry yeah so so listen he um you know there, there are if you look at the timeline and i looked at it this morning 1969 he took the you know he took very powerful position unelected um he has basically he has disdain for presidents they're beneath him he uses these presidents he negotiated the deal with china He's the one that struck the deal with Saudi Arabia. He got us off of the gold standard. He got us on the petrodollar dollar. The 33 trillion dollars in debt that we have because of the fiat currency uh is directly from him. So, bombing of, you know, of of Cambodia, he launched carpet bombing campaigns. So, if yeah. you look at the totality of his career, you have to be able to reflect back and say, well, at the time, I thought it was the right decision, but now looking back at it in retrospect, I'm an elder. Let me tell you, I made that decision, but the things didn't work out as well. No, he dismissed everybody. And he's that arrogant. Yeah. He's that yeah. arrogant.
1: He's up there with Soros arrogance. It's just, it, it, it it's a, he epitomizes everything that the new world stands for. because let's face it he's the guy behind the new world order and he you know he's so invested in all of that that he even i believe he said something to the effect of post um or, or or is it during the covid pandemic he said something to the effect of you know we need a new post covid world order so he knew i mean because we now know how long they've been planning covid this wasn't like you know they didn't just warp speed in nine months of vaccine that's a bunch of bs right i was posting those patents in fact I interviewed uh, uh, Tom Renz the other day who had a whistleblower uh, whose name he couldn't reveal, but was getting injected with the COVID-19 vaccine in 2014, took five C-19 injections in 2014. Wow. In the really? So, yes. So, and I mean, I found the patents and that's why they kicked me off LinkedIn because I was posting it everywhere and LinkedIn didn't like it. So they kicked me off, but that was in mm. t- 2020 they kicked me off when I was exposing these patents going way back when. So. You know, this is this has been well orchestrated, well planned. And this is an evil genius, an absolute evil genius. You don't have to look too far to see all the pictures you know, of Klaus Schwab hit, and Henry Kissinger and you know Anthony Blinken uh, and you know the, the motley crew, right? The, the globalists. These are the people that hang together, birds of a feather. Roger Stone put a tweet up, Pete. I don't know if you saw it, mm-hmm. but he said in his tweet, he said Nixon told me, meaning Roger, the reason he did not destroy the tapes was as a protection against Kissinger taking credit for Nixon's foreign policy accomplishments after Nixon's death.
8: So even Nixon knew the guy was a snake. Right? Yeah, let's go down I know the answers to these questions, okay, but uh, uh, when you say, do you have anything to apologize for, and you look at the stuff that he's done I'm going to ask you a couple of questions uh, and everybody else needs to answer them in your head was it a good thing, okay, when he sat down with Mao and he no. struck a relationship now now at that time was it a good thing, especially considering where we're at right now? He literally no. helped communist China weaponize capitalism.
1: Absolutely not. He revered Mao, which is really even even more f- frightening on so many levels. But look at where we are moving today, right? With the central bank, the central bank digital currency, everything based off this off the CBDC, i.e., the uh, environmental social governance score, your social credit score. This is already being deployed; has already been deployed in China, and they want to bring that here and you know the fact that trump took us out of the world homicide i call it the world homicide organization because dr zelenko did and i just think it's so appropriate the who you know we should have pulled out of the un the wto we should have, and of course the paris climate accord was something else that trump pulled us out of but we should pull out of all of it because those are all extra governmental agencies that have nothing to do but detract from the sovereignty of this country and from the ability for this country to be financially stable right we have sent trillions of dollars overseas and for what for what to make america less and make everybody else great because these people truly believe in globalism let's just look at the most recent experiment right i I compare what happened in 1868 here in the united states to what happened to europe most recently with the eu those independent nations became one big conglomeration with one currency and how did that work out Not so great, right? You got, not only did their currency hit the toilet and hit the skids, but also you have mass weaponized migration. So they've been the future. But frankly, the future has proved the past because in 1868, we were America with independent nation states. And then we became the United States under the 14th Amendment. And ever since then, they've managed just to keep, keep keep hurting us and keep, uh, you know, siping us into their government programs, i.e. making our corporate fiction of ourselves and contracting with us under Social Security birth certificates, then the Federal Reserve and on and on and, and income tax. And it just keeps going, you know, and, and they're now mandating and, and passing laws without even giving us an opportunity to weigh in on it. They're just doing it. I just sat in a meeting here in Florida where they passed SB 102 and that law you know allows them to build you know uh uh what is it affordable housing for people without even giving us an opportunity to weigh in whether we want that you know development down the street from us or not they can just stand it up so that's not constitutional that's not freedom of choice and sovereignty that's dictatorial and authoritarianism it's this is not what this country is about but Henry Mm -hmm. Kissinger was all about it so the fact that he you know revered Mao And, you know, brought China into the World Trade Organization tells you where he sees the power structure and what he wants that power structure to be and
8: how he views the rest of us. Is it a good thing? Here's the next one. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And we know, you know, Chinese slave labor is something that he had a direct hand in. Destroyed manufacturing, the environmental movement. They shut down manufacturing like Ford Motor Company polluting in the Hudson River. Uh, Well, EPA came after them. What did they do? Packed up, went to China, and there's ten times as much pollution. He uh, oh, destroyed the environment. Uh, uh, here's the next thing: Is it a good thing that we got off the gold standard and we know. struck a deal with Saudi Arabia with the petrodollar? Look at w- how vulnerable we are now uh, today. Usually. as and, a and result, the Saudis aren't
1: it, even the Saudis are now taking the Chinese yuan. You know they're <laughs> they've now decoupled from us. You know the irony of all of this is. Is that we went and we built Aramco, Saudi Aramco. We set Saudi Arabia up. They were nothing but a bunch of dirt out there in the in the desert, yeah. and it was because our oil companies went there and made something of Saudi Arabia. They nationalized it, took it back, and Kissinger stupidly got us off the gold standard, which was you know unbelievable. But look where we are today. Inflation is never higher, and it's going higher. Um, you know, I find it interesting. On some level, by the way, on a side note, Pete, I'm going to just pull the car over to the side of the road here and just talk about Argentina. But, you know, we, we have a, a hyper-conservative guy that Roger Stone loves and knows personally. Javier Mille gets elected because they don't have machines down there. Not to say you can't have fraud with paper ballots, but it's a little bit harder. Um, he gets elected, and yet he wants to replace the peso with the dollar. And his peso is at 150% inflation. Our dollar, in, in real terms, is really at 30% inflation if you factor in energy, which the government won't do. They won't factor that in. But at 30%, you know, if you start... You know getting gold to catch up to where it should be you're that's why gold is starting to really move now it's moved a couple hundred bucks in the last month mm-hmm. um you're gonna see gold you know jump 30 percent in price from where it was a month ago because it has to, it has to catch up to inflation. So is, is, is Javier Millet just sort of prolonging the inevitable of hyperinflation in his country, or do we have an opportunity to come back to the gold standard, which is what I'm talking to people about right now, Pete. 18 states are looking at you know sound money acts and getting back on gold and having their own gold depositories and doing all this. So it's as if the 10th amendment is still alive in some of these state legislators and some of the people in these states are like, wait a minute, we gotta on. get out of the federal reserve system. Which, which, which is what BRICS is doing. So I, I'm, we're living through some interesting times, and hopefully Kissinger being gone will allow us to put a lot of this to bed and move into a more sound uh, and restore the republic after we get rid of some of these communists that have just
8: destroyed our country. His, um, his stranglehold on the world, obviously a brilliant man, truly a statesman the way he presented himself but he was a former intel officer that's you know what they do is have to build a relationship with even their adversaries Um, right this guy uh, i'm going to ask you this how is he able to have that much power over all of the powerful people i just pete
1: i was just going to ask you that question how Uh, the only thing i can think of is the same way that Ghislaine maxwell and epstein have power over or had power over everybody else right it's same old same old story blackmail blackmail and blackmail um kissinger's i i I, i've got to believe that's how the intelligence community gets away with everything that they get away with they just blackmail people into an oblivion so i I really don't know because when i look at him and i listen to the arrogance if people are impressed by arrogance and yeah some people are because they swim in those circles and that's what they're used to hearing and that's how what they bow down to but i think about mr and mrs america and flyover country Are they really impressed by arrogance, especially today? I don't think so. I think they're disgusted by it all. I think they just they're dreading every single minute of political news at this point because people are just so gross all they want to do is they just they're looking for solutions they're looking for ways to fix this problem that we call you know america circling the drain and uh i don't honestly i can't answer that question except to make some sort of extrapolation since he's an intelligence guy that he must have had dirt on people and just held it over their heads because i really don't think he was that compelling otherwise
8: yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh even Trump, Trump you know, he came in. I mean, Trump has to know everything that we just described. Yeah, tr- Trump coming off of the dollar standard, China, all those things. Trump Did you listen has to his to interview
1: know. with him? Did you listen to him in the they played a clip recently of him in the oval with Kissinger?
8: I did. Yeah. I played it this morning. Uh he said oh, okay. he was friends so with So you him know and- that
1: Trump was he was gracious, yeah. but then at the very end, he talked about, "Well, we have had 25 years of, you know, we got to fix the last 25 years." Right. Which, by the way, was a 25 years Kissinger. We're still advising all these people, right? We have made a sort of influence in the last yeah. 25 years. Trump was saying how screwed up it all was, so he basically gave yeah. him a lot of pats on the back, but then just stuck a, a dagger through his heart when he talked about the last 25 years being screwed up and he had to fix it.
8: And I said that I said Trump had to have known who's sitting across from him and not to of alienate course. him and respect him and. Uh, And I'm thinking, okay, uh, keep your enemies closer to you. But he had such a significant impact. Can you imagine 80 years on the planet as powerful as he was? 80 years.
1: 80. It's impressive, Pete. Like I said, evil genius is quite impressive. I respect the fact that he was able to be present and be as effective as he was it just shows he had gravitas but i mean people have got to wake up and see what what it was really for and you know what i was thinking he did an interview
8: he did an interview with ted koppel and he's a hundred years old it was like a month ago and he said i work 15 hours a day i said thank god this guy's dead he's still working and uh, (laughs) we need to shut it down and you know what i mean cut him off i mean thank goodness he's gone Thank goodness. I
1: don't think we would ever gotten an interview with Henry Kissinger. He would have looked at one of our tapes and said, oh, that's not a friendly. I'm oh, not going no. there. Like probably the Schwab would run from us. Oh, it's my
8: like, goodness. You know, she like uh, uh, ran from
1: me once. I ran the
8: clip. <laughs> have you ever seen the clip where he's on the floor of the New York Stock, stock Exchange? And uh, Aaron Burnett is with him. Have you ever seen that where he referred to Barack Obama in the, the New World Order? Have you ever seen that?
1: No, I did not. I don't recall seeing that.
8: Well, uh, here's the thing. It was right about the time when Barack Obama, and I'm look, I'm actually going to pull this up right now because you have to hear it. Pull it. it. I want to um, see it. Uh, the, uh, the thing that he said uh, regarding the New World Order, it pissed me off so bad. You know why? Because I was why? listening to Alex Jones at around 2005 or so, and he's talking about the New World Order. And next thing you know, I'm getting called a conspiracy theorist about talking about the New <laughs> World Order. And, and this guy comes out right before he's inaugurated and said that this is a good opportunity to bring in the new world order, Henry, Henry Kissinger said. And I said, you bunch of scumbags, you yeah. know, demonizing yeah. us in that fashion. But, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to pull this clip up. But, but today you had a conversation with Mel Kay uh, and I haven't spoken to her. You, how long were you guys talking about Henry Kissinger? Was she going
1: oh, off? We talked about Henry Kissinger for probably twenty minutes or more. Um yeah we moved from yeah we we did maybe a little bit more on Henry Kissinger but mostly just talking about all the different organizations that he was affiliated you know CF Council foreign relations trilateral Commission Committee of 300 and then all the other ones that you know about but it was uh you know his sphere of influence was massive but he was a war criminal in my humble opinion and Mel's opinion as well I mean the guy was an evil genius and uh you know was a a mentor to Klaus Schwab you got to you got to think you know Klaus Schwab in his Darth Vader outfit you know what does that make <laughs> What does that make Kissinger, the, uh, you know, the uh, Emperor, <laughs> Emperor Palpatine? Or I thought that was George Soros. But no either way, these are evil people that have a completely different set of agenda items. For I, have humanity. This, I have this And clip. they really believe that they can make these decisions on our behalf. We didn't elect him. We didn't oh, even want to talk to
8: these people. I'm sorry. I messed up the background there. Let me uh, let me get that fixed. Uh, <laughs> uh, I apologize. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this clip, though. I found it. Um, and I'm not doing this to impress you. I was so pissed off when he did this because I, I had just it. spent, you know, I was just coming into independent media and I was, you know, I was coming from corporate America. I was suit and tie. I'm a Fox News brainwashy. You know, I was told yeah. by Sean Hannity that Ron Paul was too old and he was crazy. And then I started being called a conspiracy theorist because I'm talking about the new world order. And Henry right. uh is on live on the air. And this is what he, what he said.
14: you have India, Pakistan, you have,
10: you have uh, uh, the uh, jihadist movement. So he can't really say that it's one problem, that it's the most important problem. Uh, but he can give an, a new impetus to American foreign policy, partly because the reception of him is so extraordinary around the world. I think his task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It isn't just
8: a crisis. Are you confident about the people uh, President-elect Obama has and, chosen surround And that was, in fact, the first time that one of the elite mentioned the new world order publicly in the mainstream. Yeah. It was right before Barack Obama's
1: well uh, we had also george uh herbert walker bush right we talked about the new world order
8: right 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 but uh, right the the yeah the new world order but you know um i say the the elite publicly uh, coming out right. just out in the open talking about it outside of what bush said thousand points right. of light in the new world order right yep. right yeah. right. so so here we are uh them fighting for the new world order but he also described the Hegelian dialectic. He said, wow, this problem, he's referring to what's going on in Gaza, Pakistan, Middle East. He said, oh, through all this chaos, uh, we can establish a new world order. And I'm like, you know what, could you be any more obvious? Sure, we can carpet bomb Vietnam and uh, <laughs> I come out on the other side uh, you know, with a solution. You just bomb them and now you're offering a solution to your bombing. You filthy pig, good riddance. Say hello to John McCain for us down there.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm sure the elevator only went one direction and it was going down. I just don't know how far down it went. Did it make it to McCain or did it go past McCain? What's your opinion? Mm,
8: Oh, my goodness. These people. And it's a select few. As I was saying before, the solution to our problems is to get rid of the very small select few that have abused power and technology against us. Weaponize it. All right. Let's segue. You ready? Uh, Okay. So uh, terrorists come over the border in Israel, right? Hamas, we know what's going on there. They want to kill um, uh, Israelis, wipe Israel off the face of the map. Uh, Major significant event. 1,400 people killed. What does Joe Biden do? Doesn't talk about the hostages. And the border is still left open. And if you were commander in chief and that happened and you know, terrorists are coming, would you lock that border down? Yes or no?
1: Oh my gosh. We locked the border down for COVID. You know, the, the virus that people could 99% of the time survive, you know, the common cold. We locked it down for COVID. Uh, Abbott could shut it, and he did, and yet they don't. And I'm sorry, I don't even really care anymore what Joe Biden and Alejandro Mariocas say from the Department of Homeland Security Pete because frankly they don't work for us but our governors are supposed to really work for us and they're supposed to protect us because our states have rights just like anybody that comes in my state in Florida can be deported just like anybody coming across the state of Texas can be deported back to the country of origin they don't we don't need to keep them and we certainly don't need to bust them so uh the fact that we now know that the government is admitting to uh, over 2,000 known uh people on the terrorist watch list uh our sources that are experts in this are telling us 3 million terrorists are inside our country we know fact that we have terror cells in all 50 states Uh, we have seen with our own eyes i have been down there not only along the texas border to see it but also down in the darien gap with michael yon and other members of our team from operation burning edge uh we've seen Chinese aged military men Chinese of military age I should say men all men we've seen Afghanis of military age all men uh men uh, men from various countries in Africa all of military age I'm not talking like young young or old old or all of military age way more than the women and children and the women and children that we do see it's not family units um, these are people that are being trafficked by the cartels and you can always tell because pete um when you have a baby a maternal or paternal you hold your child a certain way you no know, these children are kind of carried around like a sack of potatoes or they're you know pushed through a crowd with their you know the, the uh this the whoever you want to call it they're not father not mother putting their hands on their shoulders and kind of maneuvering them through crowds that what's happening at our border is completely funded by the united states funded by the united nations and funded by you the american taxpayer through non-governmental organizations um like uh you know unhcr like uh sls mvm southwest key programs um doctors without borders the american red cross you name it any one of these organizations you'll see their flags and or their their uh, avatars down on the border And uh, it's their logos, I should say. It's it's pretty disgusting, to be honest, just to see how well this is being orchestrated. Uh, When I say well orchestrated, I mean people are coming in and buses. Giant motor coach buses are there to pick them up after they come out of the jungle and take them and drive them to to uh, to um, America, to the American border. It's it's unbelievable what's happening. They're moving thousands and thousands and thousands of people a day just what out of the Darien gap. I think right what's now, 1,000 justific- a day just out of the gap. What's and the justification? All the other countries.
8: What is the justification to help facilitate all of that?
1: The justification? Yeah. Well, it's, it has nothing to do with um, you know getting jobs here or filling jobs because we all know. Talking about are helping
8: fake, them you know, and hopscotching. What, what, what if they just it's, stopped helping them? Would would the immigration flow stop the illegal immigration flow?
1: Oh, it, absolutely. Majority of it would stop it would absolutely stop if they weren't being funded to come here and everything facilitated you know you get to a certain point we'll put you on a bus and drive you you know two or three days up through Central America and drop you off at the Mexican U.S. border where the Border Patrol is there to pick you up and and literally process you and give you a check for 2200 bucks a month and send you to wherever you're supposed to go these people have already predetermined by the time they get to the United States they know whether they're going to Chicago Atlanta New York San Francisco or Des Moines or you know what you name it they already have a city and a destination and they have their paperwork and they're not here legally but the most horrific part pete is the children because we you know we ran into a bunch of whistleblowers that came forward these kids are being literally imported into this country by the thousands every single day they're being housed to the tune of 780 dollars per day uh, for these ngos to fund you know these children each child think of that 780 bucks a day some of these warehouses hold two three four five thousand children in them they're like Walmart super centers that have been converted we've seen those with our own eyes as well and uh, then they bust these kids around to different warehouses because the government is again funding these companies that own these warehouses these NGOs and then of course some of these kids are getting peeled off and they're being sent out into private homes all over the country by the thousands I have a list of 8600 kids that I've turned over over to a team of child rescues uh, team that does child child rescues all over the world and they're coordinating with a whole group of people from psychological evaluations mental health all this kind of stuff to get these kids rescued and then returned or wherever they can go because maybe their parents sold them into this who knows their Mm -hmm. parents could have been murdered in the desert you don't know what happened to the parents it's just this is an operation unlike anything we've ever seen this is a weaponized mass migration excuse me weaponized mass uh, migration of human beings into an invasionary force unlike this globe has ever seen before any in, in any time in history it's and just unprecedented what's happening right now and our I,
8: country is being destroyed for it when I first started talking to Todd Benzman I wanted to conspiracy theorize and speculate about uh w- who's the money behind this thing and I mentioned George Soros I said have you been able to traffic and uh, or uh, track the money and he stayed away from me he said I haven't seen that and you know we we could you know uh, because we're I, printing
1: it no. because we are printing it Pete our our federal reserve is printing 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 the the HHS has 2.9 trillion dollar a year budget 2.9T trillion dollars and you can't find all the line items that are funding what's going on to to make this happen at wow. the border because they have it buried in all sorts of programs all over the place mm. each let me give you one example uh one NGO one facility and mind you they have hun- each NGO has hundreds of facilities all over the country and that doesn't include the kids that they farm out into these houses that also get paid the people that live in these houses by the way they're mostly illegal aliens that live in these houses that take in these kids as sponsors and then you know sex traffic them out pimp them out at night but one NGO is you know is more like a, you know can be a, a, got 100 million dollars a month wow a month for one location
8: wow so, there, it's, it's a money massive laundering operation. Money. It's
1: massive money. That's what I'm trying to say.
8: And you know, they're skimming money off the top, too. Uh, they're oh God, It's like,
1: you know, $1,000 hammers and, and, you know, $10,000 toilet seats. It's stupid wow. what they're doing. I mean, the, it's all just right. such waste, fraud, and abuse. But more, forget all that. It's the people that are being destroyed. Their lives are being destroyed. They're getting paid $2,200 a month. Pete, can you live, can you feed your family on 2200 bucks a month?
14: Can I in feed? America?
1: Them?
8: Mm, not these days. <laughs> yes, you can, but it's it's tough to do. It,
1: it's really tough. So you, can you imagine a full, a full here, family, yeah. You you can't you can't do it. So oh. these people are getting twenty two hundred bucks a month. So now they're having to move into a house or an apartment with multiple people all getting twenty two hundred a month, just so they have enough money to pay rent mm-hmm. and then feed themselves. But you think they're going to go to work?
8: Certainly not. They don't have to put food on the table because it's provided to them. That's right. Right. Uh,
1: Health care, education. So, I mean, you know, and then think about the average American that's worked his whole life, her life. They collect 14, 15, maybe 1800 bucks a month Social Security. And you got an illegal, literally satiated across the border after being driven in a coach, in the coach, uh, you know, bus up the way from, from Panama or wherever they came in. And they're getting 2,200. Mm-hmm. where's the where, where's the equity pete how's that oh my god <laughs> they love that word where's my the god. equity yeah. there's no equity it's not fair it's disgusting it's fraud it's corrupt it's criminal we it gotta is. stop it
8: all right listen i want to spend the remaining moments here and it's a yeah, it's a big topic but i want you to give everyone look at you the great what I can, uh, it, it's, it's blurred, I can get it get the cameras blurred. Blurred, blurred blurred Blurred, blur, blurry. Blurry.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, the I great. can't get it to be unblurry, but maybe if I hold it. Oh, there gear, it is. There yep. we go.
8: The great uh The Great We Set. Who wrote that?
1: This book, The Great We Set, is written by a gentleman named David Zuniga, And he's the founder of TacticalCivics.com. Pete, that you've is- got to get him on your show. And you've got to get Bill Ogden and I'm- Jeff Calhoun, uh, Rob Lane, Brian Bowermaster. These are all people affiliated with Tactical Civics. I'm here to tell you. This is, this. they have distilled our constitution into something that's very digestible, which by the way, it's digestible anyway, because it's it written is. in plain old common English. It's common law. Uh, you don't need an attorney to interpret the constitution, by the way, that's a bunch of bunk. But the great we set is telling you about how we can actually take back our government by at the county level and tactical civics has actually stood up. I think it's uh, about 1200 chapters nationwide, which is 1200 counties. We have 3100, as you know, so we're almost halfway there. And that's in the last six or seven months. We've done it pretty quickly because we're starting to push this out, and people are, you know, getting on board. But it's this is like let's talk about Cochise County, shall we? You you, you were tracking what's going on in Cochise County that uh, the Secretary of State of Arizona is now oh, yeah. trying to indict a couple of that's county right. commissioners for daring to question the election, right, Pete? You, you tracking and, and all that?
8: To not use machines, they don't they they don't want to use machines, and they're going to be arrested, right? They want to go to correct. paper ballots that's yep. correct that,
1: that's in, that's part of it but they've been challenging this and so really you know you you the secretary of state katie hobbs they're all illegitimate what can cochise county do to stand up and fight back well they could form a grand jury a county grand jury and the way that you form a county grand jury lawfully because you don't need you don't need a um a, a judge to appoint you don't need a prosecutor to appoint one although they can mm-hmm. Um, you don't even need a superior court you just The citizens can say you know what we suspect there's a problem we want to investigate you need one half of one percent of the population of your county to form a county grand jury one half of one percent so in cochise county uh, i believe that's like 700 people maybe approximately You get 700 people to sign a petition, you can get a grand jury started and you can start to investigate the fraud and Cochise County should be investigating the fraud that happened in their county when it comes to the election and the integrity of what happened on the, twenty, especially the 2022 election when they lost their Secretary of State, Abe and uh, the Attorney General as well, Abe Hominay, all that. They need to investigate that. So the other book that he wrote is called Grand Jury Awake, Grand Jury Awake, and it explains in great detail and according to the uh, great late, great Antonin Scalia, Supreme Court justice yeah. in the case of United States versus Williams in 1992, it was a, a precedent that was set, you don't need to have any government appoint any grand jury that people can decide to do it. And it comes right back down to just the numbers, one half of 1%. So if we have 1200 counties and we can get the rest of the counties you know, uh, on board, 3,100 counties, and one half of 1% of all these counties decide to investigate all at once uh you don't think they're going to start fixing the problem quickly because they realize we operate outside of the three areas of our Constitution we outside we operate outside the legislative the judicial and the executive branch County Grand uh, Grand Juries are outside of those they have they're like sort of a fourth branch of government if you will because they're outside of their of the Constitution but they have all the power because the people are the government the Constitution is there to protect us from the government, the, the people that we choose to govern us, right? So that's why the county grand jury is so important. And so, this is what I've been focused on, Pete, for the last several months. I've been out evangelizing this concept to people, and we're trying to build up the Tactical Civics organization, and it's growing like wildfire. Because once people go to tacticalcivics.com and watch their 11 minute video, light bulbs go off. They're like, oh my God, here's the answer this whole and time. We just, you, how come we didn't? You know, didn't. that,
8: but, uh, not, you know, I mean, I, I've also, you know, where, where my, um, uh, where my heart is, I absolutely agree in a, everything that you just said, and uh, it, it seemed like you know nobody was willing to, to step up. There's three thousand counties. You said that they've already uh, established chapters in twelve hundred counties. That's a lot. That's great. I in short know. In of like time. six months, Pete. That's in great. Like six months. Um, that is outstanding because it does cost a lot of money. If if you don't have a method, I'll talk to you about the methodology maybe uh, uh, yep. off the air. I want to get involved in this. I want to help out. I mean, we need to. I knew you journals. would, Pete, because no, I really roll
1: your sleeves up and get it, get it, get it going on. It's this is not this is what I call add water and stir. It's super easy. This is not complicated
8: you know, constitutional committees. You know, the um, uh, there's a legal way to do all this and you have to do it right. Because guess what? Way back when in 2014, I was talking to even attorneys. We're talking about citizen grand juries. Guess what the government did? Um, they declared me to be a domestic terrorist at the highest level oh. sovereign citizen right oh
1: that's not there's no such thing as sovereign citizen by the way you can't be both right. you're either sovereign or you're a citizen they're an oxymoron but, but go they on. did and i don't
8: want to discourage anybody but i know what their methodology is they have the guns they have the power once you're in their jurisdiction but uh, if we have the power and numbers the power and we the people let's segue to the next topic populism okay uh, is is flourishing all throughout the world. Look at Argentina as an example. The the, the power and the people. You get a good, clean, fair election. The people will rise up, and we can take the system back. And and we have to take um, the federal courts back. We got to take back the the county seats and do it at the local level. So so that is your those are your marching orders right now. That's where your focus is is bottom up, county on up. Uh, Local action, national impact.
1: Well, Pete, let me ask you this. You know, when it comes to the Constitution, the first three letters, the first three words are what, Pete?
8: We. We the people
1: yeah we the people we're the government we the people everything else after that is you know they're bottom feeders they serve us and if they choose to be the bottom feeder serving us God bless them Mm -hmm. Um, but we tell them what to do and so far we have been remiss we're sort of like in the middle of a 12-step program we're kind of waking up like oh my god we've hit the bottom of the bottle like how much more can we drink of their kool-aid I'm not drinking it anymore we you know we've subjected ourselves to democracy and the wrong mob is in rule right now we're not a democracy we're a republic the federal the the, uh, Washington DC 10 square miles is a federal legislative democracy that's how they are governed they have their administrative laws and, and USC codes and all this stuff they blow right past their USC codes all the time for instance you've heard me rail about the fact that none of them have proper oaths of office according to their statutes USC 5 you know, uh, 33, 32, they don't have a solid oath of office because they didn't get it witnessed or notarized or signed or whatever they're supposed to do. They didn't do it. So they're already breaking all their rules. You think they give a crap about ours? They've trounced all over the constitution. In oh, fact, yeah. we actually have two constitutions. We have one for the United States and of the United States. They're governing us with the of version and we are the for version, but they don't care. And we're allowing them to not care. We tacitly agree to this nonsense over and over, which is what? why we need grand juries and yeah. you got to read the great Reset, and once you read those two books you just won't quit you'll be like a dog with a chew toy you'll get it uh,
8: and and we're, we're gonna wrap up. are we okay with time by the way i know you you have a busy schedule yeah. we'll wrap up yeah, I'm here but i've got a you nine know, o'clock i, I want to get i want to get everybody <laughs> away because i think we we're we're in this like uh i'll call it purgatory i'm a old world it cow, is like recovering we're in purgatory we're where um we almost uh resorted back to the old method of oh Congress needs to get things fixed and the courts need to get things fixed. And I say, you know what? Stop saying that nothing will ever get done because we are the front line of defense of our constitutional republic. And we have to recognize that Congress is actually one of those weapons in the weaponization of government. They're, 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 you know what I mean? I, I don't want to put my trust in the people in the 10 square miles of the 535 that lord over millions of us. No. We need to say enough is enough. Uh, the power to begin with was delegated to you. You've abused it and we're done with you. So we are at the county level um, and in the state level, states' rights we're gonna get back to delegating your power and authority. You're gonna be limited to defending our borders, lock the border down, and filling potholes on interstate freeways. Outside of that, we've got enough government here at the local level. Do you agree
1: with that? Oh, Pete, I'm 100% with you. And there's more I'll talk to you about, but I don't wanna bring it up on your show because like you said, in 2014, when they came after you put you on a list, they put me on that same list in 2021. (laughs) So I'll talk to you offline.
8: But the power here it is. If you got a small group of people, they come after you, they get you, they put you in a box like they did, and uh, I didn't yeah. tell you about that update. It's a it's a great one. But the power in our numbers, we have it. The sentiment right now, the public sentiment. Uh, it doesn't even matter what the laws are. Uh, say, well, legally, you know, like the border patrol, they're allowing uh, the destruction of our country. And they say, well, we have our hands tied because the law is and the policy is this. No, we need uh, even our federal agents to start stepping up and saying, I'm going to refuse this order. This is crazy. I'm not going to be participating.
1: I, I'm shocked at this point now that they're still not refusing it. But, I, you know, one hand I'm shocked and the other hand... I'm not shocked because, Pete, I've been there and I've seen these Customs and Border Protection agents taking these women and children and bringing them to Catholic charities and lording over them back and forth. I have video of this. I've played it on my show where they're going back and forth. And you can see the Border Protection agents sort of like, chest puffed out man man broing them hug bro you know what is it bro hugging themselves I, I i it looks like this is their trophy and i can only imagine what they're getting paid by the cartel to make sure that these people are being put into this position to be trafficked it's disgusting and the fact that you see video after video of them cutting the fence and then texas national guard going in behind them and repairing the fence what's with the show like why why are why does the national guard even bother repairing it it's like such a show for what mm. and why would you even let them cut the fence. Why is the border patrol not understanding that their kids are getting sick with tuberculosis because the migrant children are in their children's classrooms, and this multi-drug resistant tuberculosis is spreading not only through the children but it's spreading through the through the cattle and the agriculture business. You know, beef is going to be is going up like crazy because not only are we killing our beef supply, we're blowing them up like they like to do and destroy our our, our, our you know processing plants, but they're killing our cows because they're getting tuberculosis and it's slaughtering herds. Exactly. I mean, this uh, he, this is.
8: Everybody I just has don't know where me. people,
1: how they don't think it's going to affect them. Yeah, they're getting paid right now, but that money's going to be worth nothing when you don't have your life.
8: The power well, the power is in us. We're, I want to end on this note. I always say it yes. um, over and over and over again. We started out saying, get in where you fit in. Now, I want you to tell everybody in your own words, on top of what I say every single day, maybe they're getting so used to it, they're not, they're not recognizing where we are. This is... We're right in the middle of an all out war for our country and everybody needs to do something. So how do you tell somebody that's sitting there listening and they're in the chat room and they're what do you tell them that they need to do uh, and why do they need to do it? Because we are at war. If we do not all act, we will lose our country and our way of life, won't we?
1: We absolutely will. Um, I encourage everybody to get to tacticalcivics.com. Watch the quick 11 minute video. You can speed it up to twice the speed if you want smash the red button and just join. Somebody will reach out to you and they'll figure out where you are. And if there's a tactical civics group in your county, they'll introduce you. Um, These people are so highly organized. They meet multiple times a week on Zoom. It's education, education, and you're gonna make new friends. But most importantly, when we are all organized and we have our, our chapters all established, We will now have a very succinct plan on how we're going to go and stand up grand juries and start indicting these people. And we have the enforcement mechanism uh, to actually get these people uh, adjudicated, unlike what we see happening today where Congress has hearings and nothing ever gets done. It's, it's just a bitch session and a show session and a look at my face on TV session. Well, I look important, but nothing ever happens. It's time we start indicting these people and putting them behind bars or whatever needs to be based on the crimes they've committed. And God knows we have enough evidence across crimes against humanity, election fraud, and other fraud everywhere, to, and you know money laundering that we can start to lock these people up and we're going to do it the people have to do it it's up to us president trump is a benevolent dictator love him dearly but frankly he doesn't have a real congress to work with so let's, he executive orders everything just like barack let's obama Joe over Biden. Em, let's overemphasize benevolent something. dictator where the rest of them are malevolent
8: we're, let's overemphasize one point here uh we are done with the yay team we can do this we're together we're let's go for no we have no choice
1: we have no choice we have, we no, have choice. no choice if we don't do this guess what you know what we're where we're, those camps they are building that they're processing all these illegals in they'll be for us next and what happened in new york with cassie kathy, kathy hoeschel overturning the appeal in uh, 231 up there or 213 is going to turn into everywhere else uh, and i i expect real estate in florida to take off again because i think half of new york is going to leave and come Did she overturn the appeal there. Yeah, she overturned the appeal. Yeah, they can now uh, quarantine you and, uh, and declare a quarantine and whatever they want, whenever they want. They don't even need evidence of, over-rode
8: of anything. She the, the, the... Wow, holy cow. Wow, these, yeah, that these are brazen. Yeah, a couple of days ago. Oh, yeah. Brazen <laughs> Marxists. All right, all right. Lastly, um, you've got your finger on the pulse, a lot of things. You've been down on the border. You see what's happening. Tactical civics. Uh, and I, I, I'm just about this close to finalizing curriculum for citizen journalism schools as well uh we need to get people trained and and it needs to be in every single county uh, so i want to help out there um right Right. now when you go to sleep and i i know you're a patriot we all worry about this go to sleep and the reason why we don't get as much rest as we should uh is because we have concern. what's your what's your biggest you know they it's so cliche what keeps you up at night night? what is your biggest concern right now
1: uh that uh that people don't see the value in what freedom really is that That they're that they settle they settle for universal basic income they settle Mm -hmm. for this idea that globalism trumps nationalism uh you know pete uh my heritage is from the netherlands uh everybody i think visiting europe is fantastic i think going around the world is amazing visiting people and culture and 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 just being a part of that and immersing yourself it's beautiful but what these people want is homogenization they don't want any of it and they're doing a really good job of dissolving culture everywhere around the world my god look at london it doesn't even resemble london anymore you don't even you might as well be in the middle east with big ben planted in the middle um it's it's really sad and if, if americans don't value that then i guess okay you know we're outnumbered but i really do think people value their their um, hereditary their you know their heritage i think they value their freedom i just don't think they've understood what they're about to lose and until you actually lose it like like i said the best thing that can happen is the banks fail i know that sounds like a horrible thing to say because people are like i'm on a fixed income and what uh, well, you know what? That'll be a great equalizer. We'll all be in the you-know-what you together. You just so helped me I,
14: I
8: realize. We need to wake people
1: up, and bank failure is the only thing I think of that's going to actually get people to get off their horse and do something.
8: Yeah, you know, you just helped me recognize something, that my greatest angst, because we show up to work every single day, we're not becoming rich and famous doing what we're doing. That's not why we're showing up no. to work. <laughs> it's quite the, the opposite. <laughs> but, you know, we think about all you know, the border, open uh, this, uh, new election. you got to go through that whole list of, angst, potential terrorism, all that. But ultimately, uh, the most angst I have is our beloved fellow Americans. How do they respond to each? What will they do to prevent all these things from happening or stop it from happening? You're right. Mm. Yep. It's, our, it's our greatest concern. So if you're tuned in right now, just know I've already committed to to Ann. Uh, this is the right place, the right time to do this, the tactical civics. I'm going to reach out to these guys. I want to learn more and contribute and 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 do whatever i can we have to get down lastly michigan i just covered the story michigan a town in michigan um declared half of the counties in michigan are sanctuary cities we need to get with our sheriffs we need to work and the sheriffs that are not constitutional we need to let them know put them on notice yes uh, it's
1: all in there, Pete. You're, you're gonna not, love it. And you're, and oh boy. We don't need to I've threaten got, them. You're we say, gonna love when you talk to David Zuniga, Bill, You're gonna be. Wow. so You're gonna have them on your show once a week. I know you. You're gonna be all over
8: this. I uh, want to be put in contact with them. We have to do this, folks. We have no choice. I will work we day and no night uh, with an organization because organization and doing it quickly. We have to do it very fast
1: these guys are hyper organized. They even have an app and it's not like post your dinner uh, picture of your favorite meal. It's like it's a working app and it's a very functional app. It's
8: fantastic. Actually, they're totally organized. It's amazing. Well, we have to be because we have limited time. And by the way, and here's my final note, not one person hearing our voices right now should be. uh, Of course, we can talk about 2024. Uh, but 2024 will be what we do right now, today, and every day leading up to it. Right. You have to act now. You can't wait for President Trump to get back in. Shoot, they're gonna. Uh, my, I have another fear. They're gonna try to assassinate him. Uh, you know, they oh. speak of it, but they'll do anything. It will stop at nothing uh, to maintain their power. And yeah, give, they, give out your website. Steal it again.
1: If anybody thinks they're not gonna steal 2024, you're mistaken.
8: Yeah, they're, they're going to. And uh, remember, um, look down at Argentina. They went with paper ballots. They did the hand counts and it was a clean election and the people's voice was heard. So uh, uh, we need to get rid of the uh, the machines and the, uh, the current system. Give out your websites give everything you guys know how much sure. i love ann vandersteel and oh, and i'm gonna lay out well, however is we can support is
1: mutual um I, you can find me on best place is twitter because it links to everything twitter at ann vandersteel i have a sub stack and vandersteel.substack.com uh, my shows you can watch them on twitter but they're also at rightnow.news and i'm about to uh, relaunch a website here pretty soon and when i have that i everything will be there but um you can look at it. It's not much. To look at AnnVanderjule.com, but it's basically a placeholder. It doesn't have anything on there, but that will be relaunched soon enough.
8: Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you once Pete. again. For always your time. good to
1: see you. Send we'll love to Deb.
8: I, I certainly will. And she was, uh, you know, she she sent uh, her love and and uh, and compliments, of course, as she always does um, on the back line. But we'll be in touch. I'm, I'm going to talk to you within the next 24 hours.
1: Okay, I'm I gonna send you him. some some names and phone numbers. Please, They're just, gonna just be start like, oh, dumping.
8: Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Just start sending them. I'll make contact with them. And I want to learn about what they're doing and and and
1: contribute I promise you you're going to be blown away you're gonna say my god where has this been you're gonna be thrilled and we I believe to. you and if you were to do a show once a week on this I'll come on with you I was start there's, there's several other people that will come on and talk about this and we can really I was expand starting to get, knowledge
8: base you know what I was starting to get discouraged not not it requires some leadership you got to get organized you got to get information to people yeah. um, it requires a team of people and I'm like all these posters say oh, we got to save our country we got to do the it nobody no, was doing anything girl let's roll let's go i'm done let's do it all right great segment thank you god bless you stay safe thank, thank you, you Pete. all right
10: What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand-new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous MyTowels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free.
6: Better science leads to better outcomes. So by understanding the science in much more intimate detail, delivering a value product that is so different from anybody else more effective shareable really tasty all of these attributes are classic examples of true innovation it's the most effective product i've seen in 30 years
13: So when we're stepping outside into seasonal changes, low humidity, sunlight, pollution, all of these things get communicated as stress on the top layer of skin that produces free radicals and they're bad news for collagen networks. They're going to break down the collagen network and collapse that beautiful uh, tensile strength of your skin. And so that's how we end up with fine lines and wrinkles. Bella Grace is really an elevated formula. (laughs)
6: Thank <laughs> you. Bella Grace is better than the competition for very obvious reasons. First of all, we're delivering great collagen. We're delivering Verisol, which is the world's most studied form of collagen. So we're starting at a foundation that's really top notch.
13: So to protect your collagen against these kinds of assaults, what you really want is a nutrient that's going to specifically go to the skin, neutralize free radicals and do it really well, protect membranes and also have some anti-inflammatory properties to help dampen the signaling that really turns up expression of those scissor enzymes and natural astaxanthin in the bella grace elixir is able to do all of those things every day you would have to eat six fillets of wild king salmon in order to get three milligrams of natural astaxanthin found in bella grace's elixir
6: but there's two other elements that we focus in on with our other key ingredients that are in the elixir and that is astaxanthin and cat's claw and the value of adding those two elements in addition to the collagen is centered on the formation of collagen in skin so you activate all the processes that string the peptides and amino acids together you're generating healthy productive collagen at the same time you're also turning off the damaging pathways that break up collagen. So unless you take into account those components that optimize the process to make collagen and switch off the processes that destroy collagen, you're really missing the big picture. It's not enough to just consume the collagen. You have to link it all up and protect it. That's what Bella Grace does. So the Elixir is really the perfect choice it's shareable in a single unit you get the right dose so you're getting the correct benefits that match the clinical trials and it also gave us the opportunity to have a great flavor it's just yummy
5: This is Austin Steinbar and you are tuned in to the Pete Santilli Show.
0: Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out 2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD at 720-605.
1: Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you.
10: To
0: celebrate the
10: new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our My Pillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are fine in, You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And for a limited time, your order
6: ships absolutely free. Good day, I'm Dr. Mark Miller for Bella Grace, and I'd like to have a chat with you about Bella Trim, our comprehensive weight management product. Now, most people early on will register a reduction in cravings associated with Bella Trim. How does it do that? Well it does it by changing the levels of hormones that are associated with either hunger or satiety. It lowers the levels of ghrelin, a hunger hormone, and it raises the levels of GLP1, the satiety hormone. As a result of that rebalancing act, you have fewer cravings. And that result, fewer trips to the snack cabinet where you may eat something that you shouldn't. It's comprehensive, it does a lot more than that though. There is a absolutely fascinating action on a metabolic switch called AMP kinase, AMPK. AMPK is associated with the preferential burning of fat as a metabolic fuel. And as a result, you have a reduction in visceral fat and, and reduction in waist circumference. It does more than that. It also helps regulate blood glucose. Blood glucose is a huge factor in weight management. And it does that by optimizing the actions of insulin. It also affects blood lipids. It lowers LDL, lowers triglycerides, all of those bad cholesterols that you hear about, at the same time as raising the levels of HDL, the good cholesterol. In addition for cardiovascular health, it also helps normalize blood pressure. There's more to it than that though. It also improves your microbiome. We do that by several ways. One, there's an ingredient in there that stimulates greater diversity. And the other one is prebiotics, FOSS and GOSS, that help feed the good bacteria, gentrify your microbiome. So, Bella Trim. Comprehensive. Enjoy it. Cheers!
5: I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, Chief Scientific Officer of The Wellness Company. And I want everyone to go to twc.health forward slash Pete, like my first name, Pete. Uh, But this is actually for Pete Santilli. And I can tell you, it's very important that you pick up a COVID kit, which is the wellness company's offering. So you're prepared, giving you all the drugs to manage all the variants of COVID, including a budesonide nebulized device, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, all the necessary medications. Never get burned again with a case of COVID-19. Can't get a hold of the doctor or the pharmacist won't prescribe the medications. And then to be extra prepared, get a family kit, the wellness company emergency kit. That's the blue kit. That has a complete formulary to defend you against anything that comes down the line, including the Chinese pneumonia, bladder infection, bronchitis, yeast infection, anthrax. You'll be fully covered, a full uh, formulary for you to have at home. And any questions on this, the kits include a um, a telemedicine consultation and a home guide so you know what you're doing with the drugs. You're going to take control of your own destiny, twc.health forward slash pete the COVID kit and the emergency medical kit offered by the wellness company. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. See you soon.
8: I don't want to over
5: sensationalize,
8: but I saw him coming
5: as close as you could
8: get to what everybody wants is a Nuremberg styled uh, proceeding. Reiner Fulman got to the point to where he had a grand jury convened and essentially collecting enough evidence to indict those that are responsible for the crimes against humanity, correct? So it was an
11: enactment, meaning there was no uh, official government backing that right. we had for right. that. This was, this was done privately by the attorneys who had been instrumental in their own countries mm-hmm. with bringing these types of lawsuits. Now, um, but now we had was, lots of experts that were just excellent.
8: Now he's taken back to Germany and charge he's been incarcerated since October without due process why would they hold him is he a without danger bail. to society yes without bail
11: it's it's looking a lot like a January 6th kind of uh, uh, you know deprivation of, of the right to be free uh, it's also the we can when we look at the charges they're changing so what they now are is something that Reiner said a few years ago that they have interpreted as Um, anti-Semitic. It's not even about what the pretense was that they originally brought him to Germany for. So um, it's it's clear that, that he is being held as a political prisoner.
8: You know just prior to bringing on my next guest we're having a a conversation i hope we continue to have the conversation um it's the first time uh that i've spoken with anna uh, garner she's been an attorney she was licensed in new mexico uh she's a refugee of new mexico and, and anybody in new mexico that has that governor who i know by the way personally would i would definitely leave for florida but Uh, She's been there for, she was there for decades, litigating in state and federal courts, guided by faith in God and love of freedom. Uh, She was called into litigating against illegal COVID mandates when she was planning to retire from a long career in law. Um, After filing a case in federal court against the governor and health secretary in New Mexico in uh, December, 2020, she filed the first lawsuit in the world challenging the shot mandates in a case against the county of donna ana uh, new mexico on behalf of first responders so uh miss gardner uh, is honored to be representing u.s freedom flyers as their general counsel in their current case to obtain donations made to them and to help with their future litigation now i welcome you uh for the first time I think I expressed, uh, you know, if you don't mind me saying so, uh, I have a dog in this fight because my advocacy, um, you know, my uh, my viewers. We've been doing this since 2011. People know, hey, folks, we wanna we wanna help out the pilots through this organization. We do some due diligence. Um, Josh Yoder, great guy. Uh, the whistleblowers that had come forward, he he handled them very well. So. Uh, When I say, hey, let's support this organization, and then things happen to that organization very powerfully, I would say there's some very powerful forces uh, that want to make sure that Josh Yoder and his organization don't succeed. There's there's labor unions, there's major corporations. So we've been in this fight, and we're not going to stop fighting, right, Anna?
11: That's absolutely right, and I'm very honored to be on your show, Pete. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. But you know, there's no other nonprofit in the United States that's like U.S. Freedom Flyers. You know, they've got they've got the interest of the pilots, the cabin attendants, the mechanics, everybody who's involved in aviation and travel. And and I've heard on your earlier shows too that you really. Encourage people to see this as a much bigger uh, plan than just for pilots. It's they're pushing back on mandates for vaccine passports because if they if the government is able to uh, require the pilots and the cabin attendants to all get injected, I will not say vaccinated because it's not a vaccination, but if they can require them to get injected, the next thing is all of us as passengers are going to have to be injected if we want to exercise our freedom to travel across state lines. So they're fighting for us, not just the the industry itself. They're fighting for all of us who love to fly and travel and need to fly and travel to see family in other states.
8: You know, if, if you don't mind, because uh, believe it or not, uh, how it happened, um, you know, with us in independent media, I was just so starved for information early on. And I recognized that it was a potential bioweapon. So I was concerned. I was all about two weeks to flatten the curve. I said, OK, well, if a bioweapon's released, released, uh, we have to take some, some steps to mitigate the potential. Uh, for the spread two weeks to flatten a curve is okay and then it went three four and then i just saw everybody just falling into the realm and the rot. and i said well hold on a second something's not right here but guess what we came into contact with great doctors great attorneys that there was no such thing as you know health freedom you know attorneys per se in that realm of uh, protecting against mandates, mask mandates and and incarceration and hospitals and blocking out. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally met attorneys that were fighting to get the family members to be with their family members. And the patient uh, was, was, you know, not in uh, the current capacity to making you know, certain decisions. And they're being injected with drugs that they wouldn't normally consent to without the family there. That posed a huge problem. So we've been in this realm uh, fighting for our health freedom for years now. Uh, And now here we come into contact with you. You've been in this fight just as long, right? You started out er early on, correct?
11: i've been a medical malpractice attorney for a long time and for decades i've represented people who were injured by uh, either car accidents medical malpractice uh, some fda litigation so i'm pretty familiar with representing the individual against large institutions like hospitals and insurance companies Uh, but i had not ever you know we we're all in uncharted waters right now. We have not seen our liberties and freedoms taken away to the extent that they have been since 2020, March of 2020. And the more we research what happened uh, with all of this, we know that it was a concerted worldwide effort. I have friends in Europe and in uh, South. Central America. And I communicated with them when this was all going on. And I found out that everybody was doing this lockstep response. Mm -hmm. And and. It didn't take very long for me to figure out that this was had to be orchestrated for a long time because you can't just all of a sudden say, we've got two weeks to flatten the curve and everybody in the whole world is doing it pretty much except for maybe a couple of countries. So it, it's crazy. And the other thing that's crazy is that countries were declaring uh, health emergencies before there were even Many cases at all. Panama was waiting for their first case. I have friends in, in Panama that I was communicating with. And they were just waiting for their first case so that they could declare uh, this national health emergency and start imposing uh, curfews. And uh, that didn't go over very well with all of the European expats who like to dine very late and, were, and found out that they couldn't have their friends over past. I think it was about six o'clock everybody had to go home and so it, it it's kind of it's crazy how it happened and anyone who has curiosity and is informed would have seen that this was a concerted effort so new mexico was the same way i mean it didn't take very long at all for us to find out that oh the kids were sent home during spring break with computers and told they wouldn't be going back to school hmm how Have that you?
8: Uh, but by the way, before I show you this, I don't want to spin off on a political discussion. I just want you to know right up front that, in no way, shape, or form, would I ever, ever align with, or vote for, or forgive Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for what he did in the environmental movement and his. And you may understand the term "sue and settle" and the damage that caused to manufacturing, all that stuff. He did great work. But his work with the environmental um, environmentalists, that that lobby, and working with the government and suing, settling—oh my goodness—it did such tremendous damage. But this book right here, unbelievable. Have you ever read this book?
11: Haven't. I've heard a lot about it, and I've uh, read excerpts of it and seen uh, people being interviewed of it.
8: Anna, uh, I'm telling you, horrible. it's yeah, pretty well, horrible. Yeah. Well, listen, horrible we're all busy, super busy, right? <laughs> And he said something was very impactful. He said, if you get the book, he said, this is what I want you to do. Everyone's busy. He said, I want you to go to chapter 12. And it's titled Germ Games. This thing is so well cited and sourced. An unbelievable book. He did great work. Now, uh, here's where I'm going with this. Um, And you've worked with some of the top, the foremost experts early on that started to develop enough prima facie evidence of a criminal conspiracy from event 201 uh, all the way to deployment of the jab itself, which I found out from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It wasn't even developed by the big pharma companies. It was developed by DOD contractors and then private labeled. Aye, aye, aye. Reiner Fulmick was out there. He's done some of the most valuable, you know, as a matter of public interest, probably saved a lot of lives. His leadership efforts in that regard worldwide. You worked with Reiner has. Fulmick, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Have you worked, I with, worked him? with Reiner? Yes, you he's did. a good friend of mine. He is a good friend of yours. Um, yes. I heard and please pardon me for just so much stuff. It's like drinking you know, from uh, a tsunami with a straw, the amount of information we have coming at us. I didn't know that Reiner Fulnick was incarcerated. I didn't know that. And he was back in October of last year?
11: October 13th, Friday the 13th, he was arrested by some German thugs who were sent by the state of Germany, to take him from the Germ- uh, German embassy in Mexico where uh, Reiner and his wife Inca were there getting their um, new passports because theirs had been misplaced or lost. Oh. I think in retrospect, they were stolen. Mm-hmm. So and it required them to go to the German embassy. So there was a lawsuit going on, a civil lawsuit going on in Germany Uh, by some former law partners of Reiner's. And there's no way that this makes any sense, that the Germans would expend that much money, the German country, state, government, would spend that much money to get, I think there were six men who corralled, uh, kidnapped Reiner from the German embassy and uh, guided him into a plane that was headed for Frankfurt. So My he got goodness. arrested.
8: So and that's he without uh, been released. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's shocking to me because that's uh, like a rendition program, intelligence service rendition program. So uh, from the Mexican embassy. so Mexico didn't consent to that.
11: Mexico obviously it doesn't have an extradition treaty, so it did not consent. What it did though is somehow uh, leaked the information that Reiner and his wife would be there. And that's how they knew where
8: he was and they took him by force my goodness wow wow okay now for those that don't know like you and i how important reiner fulnick was in awakening a large portion of our population that chose to be uh, just to give a brief if you don't mind um a, a, a brief as to how powerful he was and in, informing alliances with individuals that are all researching and and informing the public if you could
11: reiner uh, partnered with Viviane Fischer, who was a German attorney, and they interviewed experts all over the world. And there was, this was called um, the Corona Investigative Committee. Uh, Reiner was instrumental in bringing together uh, a group of international attorneys. I was one of them. And there was uh, an attorney from South Africa, Dexter Reinfeldt, uh, an attorney from France, Virginie Arujo, uh I can't pronounce her last name very well. Uh, we had uh, Australian attorneys. Uh, initially, we had attorneys from Italy, England. Um, I'm trying to think of where else, but there were there were from all over. Oh, Canada, um, New Zealand. So we had we had quite an assortment of attorneys working with Reiner to bring this to the forefront of the public's knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what, what developed out of that uh, collaboration with the international attorneys and Reiner was the grand jury enactment. Yes. And we modeled, we modeled that uh, on, it was based on crimes against humanity, which we all knew at that time were happening. Uh, but we did it as an as a American grand jury enactment because that doesn't require the presence of the accused nor their attorney. So we were able to um, have this format that was uh, similar to a criminal indictment proceeding in American jurisprudence. Uh, we interviewed many experts from all over the world uh, it, and uh, it was it was quite a labor of love for all of us. Nobody was being paid for this. We all did it out of our uh, concern for our freedoms and uh, knowledge that we had gained in researching all of this and with the lawsuits that we had brought. So Reiner, we had a million a million viewers watched
8: that. It was yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. It's still up. Uh, Would you uh, I don't want to vi- jury.net. I don't want to oversensationalize, but I saw him coming as close as you could get to what everybody wants is a Nuremberg styled uh, proceeding. Reiner Fulman got to the point to where he had a grand jury convened and essentially collecting enough evidence to indict those that are responsible for the crimes against humanity, correct?
11: And so it was an enactment, meaning there was no uh, official government backing that right. we had for right. that. This was, this was done privately by the attorneys who had been instrumental in their own countries mm-hmm. with bringing these types of lawsuits, now, um, but there had was, lots of experts that were just excellent.
8: Now, he's taken back to Germany and charged. He's been incarcerated since October without due process. Why would they hold him? Is he a danger to society yes. without bail? It's
11: it's looking a lot like a January sixth kind of uh, uh, you know deprivation of, of the right to be free. Uh, it's also the we can when we look at the charges, they're changing. So what they now are is something that Reiner said a few years ago that they have interpreted as anti-Semitic. Um, it, it's not even about what the pretense was that they originally brought him to germany for so um it's it's clear that that he is being held as a political prisoner
8: yes wow okay so if we could just a, a side note i want to do whatever i can to bring full public awareness to that um we we have to rally for the man whose leadership i believe literally saved lives just with the information that was being put out. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes.
11: The international attorneys are uh, gathering together to show our unwavering support for Weiner. So we are um, taking steps right now. Um, There have been various steps. Some people have contacted the embassies, German embassies of their respective countries. Mm -hmm. Um,
8: But so far, those uh, petitions have fallen on deaf ears. OK, so the amount of work that was done by this consortium, all right, the attorneys such as yourself, uh, that information is still out there in that, we'll say, the cloud. Uh, so they didn't confiscate his body of work. It wasn't in his on a thumb drive, uh, I assume. Correct. So so they want to silence him, but they can't stop the truth from getting out. Do you agree? It's
11: already out there.
8: Yeah. I mean, wow. You so you got this- it out there. So they, got it wa- out there. so they wanted their pound of flesh. Apparently so. Wow. Okay. So here
11: you are. You know, are, he's you're- considered a dissident in Germany, and Germany doesn't take very kindly to someone who's bucking the government narrative. A little bit like the U.S.
8: A lot of it. Yeah. We well, we've we've become. Well, anyways, that's a separate discussion. I won't talk about what we've become. Uh, because, you know, uh, just like you said, that the the narrative, the talking points, this this whole, if you don't mind me saying so, I just don't want to impress you. Uh, I listened very closely to a- Averill Haynes from the CIA, sitting next to George Gao, uh, the CCP's equivalent of the CDC. Both of them sitting down weeks after the Wuhan lab leak, talking about a tabletop exercise of how are we going to contain information, disinformation about a lab leak? And I said, okay, that's interesting. We didn't know how to spell COVID at the time. And here they were already trying to control and manipulate the narrative with very influential people in the room. You know, that was the beginning of something I believe to be criminal. But it was Event 201. Event 201. Right? That's right. I was right. just going to say. And then they did another
11: tabletop planning exercise, la- not this last October, but the October before, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, called Catastrophic Contagion, where they're doing the same kind of uh, foreshadowing of a pandemic, mm-hmm. only this time it's supposed to uh, wreak havoc more on young people. So they've got their. They've got their ways of telling us and broadcasting what yep. they're planning to do.
8: Yep. Now this uh, totalitarian control that comes shortly after they uh, they deploy uh, by accident or, or on purpose. You don't want to let a good crisis go to the wa- go to waste, as they say, right? Um, but, but I believe that this was a vehicle. You even hear Klaus Schwab saying, this is a good opportunity to be you know, uh, humanity, oh my goodness. Um, but this was the vehicle in order to be able to nudge us incrementally in the direction where they want us to go, correct? These globalists that want centralized control and power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all
11: part of a bigger picture, everything, whether it's, uh, you know, forcing the pilots to get injections of poison into them. Yes. Uh, creating social distancing, distancing, masking. uh, All of these things are part of the control that they're exercising over us to the point where they want to see how far we will capitulate and and how many people will actually say, "Okay, you know, I'll roll up my sleeve and get your poison uh, and, and help you make another billion dollars. Well, unfortunately for us, more people acquiesced than they even predicted would happen. So they had greater compliance than they even predicted. Mm. And that just tells you how misled people can be, how, how mm. easily misled that they can be.
8: Yes, all right. Uh, now I'm, I'm gonna use the two circumstances in parallel because the establishment behind this conspiracy uh, to suppress information, whether it was intentional or accidental that's secondary to you know what do they say that the, the cover-up is typically bigger than the crime itself the cover-up of of information right but but i'm gonna say that uh reiner fulmec and the amount of information that he brought to the public and then obviously the pilots josh yoder was early on he had whistleblowers coming forward there were issues and concerns with the health of the pilots and we're not just talking about a group of you know or a certain demographic we're talking about people that have our lives in their hands their health is extremely important there was a mechanism by which the health of the pilot has to be regularly checked on an annual basis with with um uh uh, with, with um you know, with with um, uh, medical uh, certifications, they have to be certified. FAA medical exam. FAA yes. medical exams annually. Right. Well, right. Uh, there are concerns about. Uh, there's concerns, obviously, well documented as to the side effects when you take in the jab. Is it going to happen every single pilot? If it happens to one and it causes a mass casualty event, I think that that was the core concern of every single pilot. Um, and then pilots were suffering um, uh, illnesses on approach. So many near misses. So U.S. Freedom Flyers, you know, there's Reiner Fulmec and then Josh Yoder and what U.S. Freedom flyer Flyers and the whistleblowers that were coming forward, internal FAA whistleblowers that were saying that our government was turning a blind eye to it. Josh Yoder and U.S. Freedom Flyers was tip of the spear Regarding uh, pilot safety and airline safety, correct? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So they had to shut down.
11: Although it's it's been uh, attempted to be halted, it is not. It's alive and well, and we've got a lot of plans uh, for the future moving forward.
8: Yes. Now, this is what I'm going to say as a matter of public interest. And I said before we came on, I'm very passionate about this because my listening audience realized how important it was to help support. Josh Yoder and US Freedom Flyers and the pilots, and we had the whistleblowers on that were giving us very valuable information. So they were supporting Josh. It's we the people pulling us up by the bootstraps. We're fending for ourselves, fighting for our lives and health freedom um, here on the outside. And what did they do? They took down Reiner Fulmick, whisked him off. Um, They, I believe, could be reversed, prove me otherwise that the whoever took the money and basically disarmed U.S. freedom flyers obviously had probably the same intentions as the people that took Reiner Fulmec to stop the free flow of information, correct?
11: You know, I had I can't go come to any other conclusion other than there was a deliberate takedown uh, of them. It, it, you know, I look at this whole scenario and go, Leslie Manukian has represented that she was a freedom fighter. I considered her a friend and a fellow, you know, freedom warrior. Uh, at one point, she was peripherally involved with the uh, grand jury enactment that we did. Um, I've known her in this fight for the last few years, and I was shocked that she would either be—I thought at first—swayed by unethical attorneys or. Uh, you know, had planned this from the very beginning, that she would not ever intend to return any of the uh, surplus donations once their their job was finished. But when, whatever happened, she lost her moral compass, because I, if she had one to begin with, but she's lost her moral compass.
8: You said unethical. Uh, and I'm going to say, at my, in my opinion, that I express is pretty well informed. Uh, very influential attorneys as well and I and I saw that dynamic working behind the scenes so wh- whether she was uh a pawn in this thing th- there was incentive for the establishment because of uh, I mean we're talking very powerful corporations the airline industries are huge there's large numbers of of unions um there's been that battle there like Southwest airline they were in in a battle themselves and I I knew an attorney was helping work through through that we're talking about very powerful forces on both sides on the labor side as well as the corporate side um so the pilots are caught in the middle of this thing what are they you know what are they going to say uh I'm concerned about my health you know they're taking cardio miracle they're 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 getting you know uh, uh more frequent checkups but they pretty much had to defend for themselves. It's not like they can just destroy their career and start, you know, somewhere else after investing an entire career on their very highly skilled profession, correct?
11: Right. I mean, it was the same choice that the doctors and the nurses yes. had. It's a Faustian choice. Either mm-hmm. take this poison, this you know, experimental product that's only allowed to be marketed under an emergency use authorization and and you should be able to say no to that but unfortunately everything got twisted and hidden from the public and they didn't know what their rights were but i mean the insert the package insert into these shots was blank i had a person who was giving the shots and i said get me the package insert please i want to see it i want to see what it says it's blank and uh, other other medical people have shown that on you know taking a, a, a box that hadn't been opened and oh, yeah. showing that it was blank, taking taking it right out of the box and showing it on camera. Oh yeah, they had nothing on the patient insert, nothing.
8: And then uh, these uh, fake you know government regulatory bodies approving a quote unquote a vax, and it was called comernity, I think it was, and. I actually, when that was announced, I went down to the Walgreens drive through and said, I'd like to get my comirity, you know, approved by the FDA. They're like, oh, we don't have that. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have that. Oh, it doesn't exist. It hasn't been brought to market yet. But he has it. No, It's a has bait and
11: it. switch. Yes, it's it is. a bait and switch.
8: Right. And so, they did it
11: so that that judges would have some kind of plausible deniability in making teenage boys get it. Uh, you know, when one of the parents in a divorce action wanted their teenage boys to get inoculated, and the doctors or the pediatricians are saying, "Oh yeah, it's an approved drug. It's the same thing as Comirnaty, and it's an and that's a, that's approved." You know, it was such crap, really. I mean, it was just such crap, and. This was intended, and, and the giving to children, to me, is the biggest crime of all. And I've been involved
8: in a lawsuit with that one too. Now, you uh, were you in retirement, or you started to I kind was. of wind down, and then uh, all of a sudden, trying to retire, <laughs> and, and and Josh came to you and said, "This is this is what I have," and your spidey senses were up just as. You know, I mean, if I look at the facts and the people and I've got some involvement that I won't talk about uh, the specifics, but I was really concerned because I said, oh, my goodness, Um, they've literally just tried to cut off U.S. freedom fighters for very, very powerful reasons by very, very powerful forces. Um, But I have to say, because the entity that took, I'm going to say we have a portion of our viewership that donated. They're holding their money. I don't know of one viewer right now. They can tell me, sure. I'd like to donate to US Freedom Flyers and have it diverted to some offshore fund or to another entity that they had no idea about. But here's the, my main concern is that the money's not being returned. Now, if you don't mind, you're an attorney. So I'll speak in these terms. If I go to a website and I say, sure, I'd like to donate to this organization and I donate $10. If that money is diverted, or I was originally asked to to donate to a it's a non it's a nonprofit, uh, it's a tax deductible donation as well, right? If my money is diverted, I want my ten dollars back. I didn't donate it originally uh, because of what you you sold me a bill of goods said it was going to go towards U.S. freedom flyers and the legal e- expenses for these pilots. When that money is diverted, I call that. I've been defrauded. Yeah, thank you. I I don't want to speak out of turn. You're the attorney. That's fraud, is it not? It is. Okay, so it's it's
11: bait and switch, another bait and switch, you know, and uh, an unethical company taking advantage of a patriotic, freedom loving organization which has the ability to help these injured pilots and to make sure that we don't as passengers have to take vaccine passports uh you know and and
8: i hate to use the word community but that organization that those freedom fighters health freedom fighters advocating for the pilots that community includes the public because the public is supporting that effort to fight so we're all if you don't mind me saying so, we're all in this together. It's, it's right. not like some organization was victimized. Right, right. Would okay, this if a we high let them, matter? We let
11: them continue to be uh, injected mandated that they have to be injected or they have to wear masks. It's we've got to wear masks. I mean, I stopped flying when I heard that we had to wear a mask. I wouldn't even I wouldn't go to my doctor's office. I wouldn't go to Trader Joe's. I wouldn't go anywhere that they required that I wear a mask. Uh-huh. Because that is so reprehensible to me. For me to be breathing in my own carbon dioxide uh-huh. and, you know, getting lightheaded from it. And I wouldn't go to court either and I told them I wouldn't go to court and I would not sit next to all of the jabbed people because there was shedding and Pfizer knew about shedding Mm -hmm. so it's it's I mean at least I was self-employed so I didn't I didn't lose my career over it but I raised heck every single time I could Mm -hmm. about every single one of these restrictions because I knew that they were illegal.
8: There was one time I had to fly to Vegas and it was early on when the, you know, I mean the airline industry, unbelievable. These people are like, you know, you might as well give them badges and guns. They they, they thought they had that. And they did have that same level of authority if you resisted them. But I did one flight and on my way back, it was absolutely incredible. They were waking me up because you know, my you know, I had a uh, a shirt over my head, and, and the the flight attendant was waking me up because my my shirt had slipped. I said, "This is crazy. This is I've never I've never been disrespected like this before." But on my way out, when we got to Cincinnati, uh, we landed, and I took my you know my makeshift mask down and ladies lady was chasing me down, sir, sir, you need to put that on. And I said, no, I don't. What are you going to do? Kick me off the flight? I said, bye. And that was the last time I got on a plane.
11: Yeah. Yeah. They made it very difficult for us to exercise a lot of our
8: freedoms. It had nothing to do with public safety.
11: First of course not. It has to do with compliance. Yes. Let's see how many of you will be compliant little bad sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm. and wow, our expectations were exceeded because you guys
8: are really compliant. It, it, there was one point also I picked up the phone and during the, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve and then thereafter. And then you had to be an essential business. And I picked up the phone. I called a Planned Parenthood. And I created this role play scenario where I was going to take my daughter in for an abortion. And I said, sure, come on in. I said, I can't go to the grocery store, but I can take my daughter in for an abortion. Yeah. We're an essential business. You know, or I couldn't go to XYZ store. I said, what is going on here? What is happening? Big box. You could go to a Costco and go bumping and play, you know, bumper people, you know, at the Costco and you could live through that, but you couldn't go to a small pizza shop.
11: Nothing to do with our safety.
8: Nothing to do with but, it.
11: But mm-hmm. the public health emergency works so well that they will continue to declare public health emergencies in an attempt to tighten the screws yes. and bring in, usher in globalism.
14: That's and this where, isn't just
11: a problem in you know for the aviation industry. It's a problem for all industries and the entire world. And you know, we need to be involved in this. One a, of my messages is. Not is peaceful noncompliance. Yes. Now, for now. And it might not always be peaceful, but it is noncompliance.
8: And and, and that's where, you know, my, my 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 train of thought here leading up to uh, the next wave of whatever it is they decide to bring. I see the WHO, first of all, an unelected body. We're surrendering our constitutional, you know, sovereignty, you know, as a nation. Uh, to this international unelected body, and they can declare a public health emergency of international concern. I just heard Pedro say that he wants to eliminate meat. I'm like, you know how that's pronounced?
11: It's pronounced fake. Fake. P H E I C. Yes. Public health emergency
8: of international concern. Yes. Fake. A fake. That's right. Um, so they've got as part of their control grid they they've got sensors in the sewage wastewater system. Yes. That they control all of that. They've got all these mechanisms. My question to you is, do you see all the signs that the next time something like this happens, they are so much better organized that they're going to have 198 countries working in concert to, to, to just a lockdown of the highest order?
11: Fortunately, I think they're going to hit us where it really, really scares the bejesus out of us. And that is, it will attack children. And if, they, if they're able to do that to target a disease so that it attacks children, I think every parent will be terrified. And even knowing that it is a plan, they're going to capitulate. Because yes. the, the consequences are just too horrific. So I do oh think that, that that's where they're going with the next uh, plan. And that's think what when- catastrophic contagion predicted yes. is uh, something like 15 million children die right away. Really? Yeah. Can you imagine? Take that? a look at that. That's put on by the same evildoers, Johns Hopkins. Uh, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, who else? Uh, oh, World Health Organization. So it's put on by the same the same satanic groups mm. as Event Two Hundred One was.
8: And you it's can't really blame. Un- I mean, it's every person hearing uh, hearing our voice. You know, you could be a, a a grandparent, and you would lay your life on the line for your grandchildren, and that Absolutely. level of psychological uh terrorism that's that's warfare upon a populace to impact children like that wow so you're saying that they're going to what if you don't mind me asking about specifics because I I don't know the specifics um, what have you heard that gives you uh, an indication that they're going to be targeting children
11: In the catastrophic contagion tabletop exercise they have a, a scenario that predicts how this particular pandemic gets started Uh, it has to do with some bat virus that gets you know escapes uh you know i mean they had they had a scenario for the wuhan uh covid stuff as well It was you know started in some Chinese wet market. So take a look at that and look at the similarities as to what they did in Event 201. It's it's online. It's under Johns Hopkins uh, strategic, um, strategic planning something or other website. But if you just look up catastrophic contagion, you'll find it.
8: Wow. Wow. They haven't taken
11: it down yet. It's
8: still there. I mean, who is behind it? Uh, th- th- these are not human beings with a conscience. Who is They're behind These are satanic. Conscience. These are, this is a satanic influence, is it not? Absolutely. There Absolutely. could be no doubt about it. Um, so, Anna, um, you already know what my commitment is because it's been that way right from the very beginning. We were with Josh Oder very early on bringing public awareness and we're not stopping now and every single person hearing our voices right now we have a dog in this fight we do whether you donated to U.S. Freedom Flyers or not um, our advocacy groups that's by we the people that's our last I'm sorry should be our first line of defense is we the people coming together when they take us out like that we need to respond with an overwhelming oppositional force do we not legally of course.
11: Yes, absolutely. And we need the support of the donors who donated and helped support U.S. Freedom Flyers in their initial uh, litigation efforts. Uh, the... The difference now is that I'm going to be heading the management of their litigation. They're not going to get taken advantage of by anyone else. They're not going to get overbilled and, you know, kind of ripped off, really, is what happened uh, with previous um, litigation expenses. But they're going to be well managed. They've got a board. They're a 501 c 3 now so that when you donate, it goes directly to U.S. Freedom Flyers. When they were an unincorporated association, they needed the help of an experienced 501c3, and that's why they uh, did this arrangement with Health Freedom Defense Fund. There is no way that they ever expected that Health Freedom Defense Fund would convert the rest of the donations that were left to their own use. And they've done it in such an absurd way, twisting the statutes, twisting the donor intent. Uh, it's it's all been quite uh, I would say deceptive the way that they brought the allegations in this lawsuit and uh, I'm just praying that our judge is smart enough to see through all of this
8: ch- chicanery
11: because that's what it
8: okay. is. I would consider myself an interested party uh, an advocate. it's as, as I always have been. I was a by the way, before I got into, You know, media in 2011, I was actually an independent consumer advocate. Uh, In fact, I was. um, Have you ever known of a a non attorney or unlicensed attorney that was certified by four different bankruptcy courts to go in and represent clients in bankruptcy proceedings? That's it because, because the the banks, they were, you know, taking homes. I mean, it was just, you know, that was in the subprime mortgage uh, meltdown in Southern California. It was out of control, but I would dig into it. And through the bankruptcy proceeding, I you know, I'd call for all the documents to do forensic audits and stuff. So I was an advocate then. I haven't stopped. So here's my question to you. You know, I don't want to rely upon, uh, you know, my broadcast to capture every single person it could have been over time people come and go or maybe they don't tune in or maybe they're not aware uh, i do i not have an interest and in, we could, you don't have to answer it now but i want to let you know i want to approach them i want to do this legally and appropriately non-threatening in a non-threatening fashion on behalf of my viewers and send a letter saying you have an obligation send out a letter and say did you find out about this on the Pete Santilli show? And do you believe that yeah, I should have gotten the money? I mean, I'm I'm just making stuff up, but I'd like to send a demand letter. I hereby demand that you contact anyone in your database where you received money. And if they were a listener of mine, I'm on behalf of them, I want you to contact them and ask them if they want their money back. Can I not do that? Can there's
11: nothing to stop you for sure. And, uh, you know, that's that's an understatement. Josh (laughs) said to them when they when they the attorney, Brant Hathaway, who was representing Health Freedom Defense Fund and U.S. Freedom Flyers in a lawsuit, decided to go to bat for Health Freedom Defense Fund when uh, HFDF was claiming that they had the right to hold on to this money. And so Brant Hathaway said, well, if you don't stop harassing us about this we're going to just give it back to the donors and josh said do that that's a Please. good idea yes do that and and then they went oh and they started you know backpedaling like oh uh we can't do that we can't do that it's
8: actually illegal for us to do it,
11: well, uh, it
14: yeah, can, do you mind true.
8: answering that question uh and i've heard this before i'm like what do you mean it's illegal uh to return the money I right.
11: Well, they say that they've given the deductions. Well, uh, so what, you know, who, how many people actually claim the deductions from their tax returns? Not everybody claims the deductions, you know, $10 here, $25 here. You may not have even claimed it. So that's, I don't think that's the big problem. The problem is
8: they don't want to let loose of the money. Well, that opens up a, a whole new can of worms as well. Let's go with the Treasury. And uh, well, I, I'd hate to call the IRS to, you know, to weaponize them. You know, the FTC, very, very powerful. Very po- You know this, right? So, yeah, I mean, most as federal wrote- agencies exceed nope. their scope of authority well this is what i discovered with uh, major corporations is the biggest overhanging threat because they're brutal they're just i mean they're to the letter of the law they have zero bias they'll come in the ftc anytime uh, i had a case that could go to the ftc boom settled there you go we don't want any problems even above and beyond you know the irs and things like that but uh, there's many different things that need to get done and it's not to harass you know, an opponent or an adversary, it's to advocate for we the people. That's what this is about, right? Exactly. And, and you and to get the donations
11: to the appropriate person that they were donated to, meaning US freedom flyers. Right.
8: So And, and reverse the fraud, a- right?
11: we had hundreds of pages of uh, donor complaints going to the attorney general's office in idaho saying that they wanted their money back the money was not intended to go to hfdf and yet their attorneys persist in saying of course it was intended to go through to them because the donor interface on u.s freedom flyers website site had the money funneled right into hfdf's account, it never went through USFF's account because they didn't have one at the time. But that doesn't mean that it was meant to benefit HFDF once that relationship terminated. So they've made ridiculous claims and they continue making ridiculous claims because they're hoping to just muddy the waters enough to be able to, uh, you know, really trick the judge into into do, you know letting them have it, which I don't think she's going to do. I think she's an experienced enough judge to where she will see through this.
8: So um, I, I've, I've known too many people uh, that were pushing for Raul Labrador politically. That's a political thing. Raul Labrador, the attorney general. Now I'm saying this, I don't care how many friends I'd lose for asking Raul Labrador, what did you do when he received these letters? Does he have a duty as an attorney general to take certain action? And can I ask him, what did you do? Did you send off a demand letter? What action did you take? And if none, then you're going to be named in a lawsuit. We don't
11: see any evidence that they did anything about the donor's complaints. Um, However, you know, their office was engaged in ex parte communications with.
8: Explain the what that attorneys. means. I know what it means, but explain to uh, our So, audience. ex
11: parte means that they had secret communications between their attorneys and the attorney general's office concerning wanting to get the attorney general's office to give them permission without, to them
8: without the opposing without party
11: notifying right. USFF. Right. It was only by accident that Josh found out because he uh, asked for a public records request and got proof that they had been engaging in multiple emails, multiple letters, even perhaps some personal visits. Um, one of Sally Wagonmaker's <sighs> letters said, oh, Leslie Manukin's going to be up there in Boise for a while. She'd like to come and see you, you know, and uh, they arrange something i don't know if the meeting actually happened or not but it was all very friendly and very you know you know best friend kissy kissy you know it was just almost sickening to see the letters and, and how they were kissing up um, but they did everything in their power to sway the attorney general's office once the attorney general's office started asking for uh further documentation and then seeing and taking a reasonable position saying well it looks to me like their uh assignment was valid and it looks to me like their administrative agreement was valid and uh well it looks like hmm it doesn't really look like maybe you're doing this under the right theory and i think maybe you should just go ahead and file suit with the idaho state court for a declaratory judgment action So the Attorney General's office actually got wise to it, to the fact that uh, things were not as they seemed because the documents that they requested from HFDF showed that the money was intended for US Freedom Flyers. So, um, you know, they they wrote this in their email. Now, they knew this two days after the lawsuit was filed that uh, Health Freedom Defense Fund claimed that the Attorney General's Office affirmed the appropriateness of their retaining the funds that belonged to U.S. Freedom Flyers. Well, that was not true, and uh, the Attorney General's Office wrote the judge but didn't write the judge until it was transferred to federal court. We got it transferred to federal court. It had been filed in state court. We wanted to be in federal court. So we got it transferred to federal court. They sent a letter to the judge September 11th, but they knew as of June, I think it was 22nd, that this lawsuit had been filed, and they alleged something that the Attorney General's office said, that was not true.
8: I hate to be so cynical. Mm-hmm. No I will. Be a, you're an officer of the court, so you don't need to uh, weigh in, but uh, let me tell our listening audience, essentially what Ana just said was, it got transferred from the back office of the mafia, to the front office of the mafia, you know, and you know, and what are the what's the federal court's um, uh, role in this thing? Have they been favorable to U.S. freedom? Or no, I'm sorry. The, the main victim here is the donor, okay, because that's where the power was in U.S. freedom flyers, is in popular support and grassroots support and th- and that is the purpose of taking them out in the fashion that they did correct
11: the reason we got it transferred to federal court is because federal court gives us another opportunity to transfer it to another state and get out of idaho and we allege we filed a motion for change of venue uh-huh. and we allege that uh the the interest of justice required that we move this case we had too many political uh connections not us, but the plaintiffs have too many political connections. Uh, They have um, not only connections with their attorney, uh, local counsel, who was a very large donor to Rail Labrador's campaign bureau attorney general but there are also uh, uh, other considerations uh, with that oh the other one is they poisoned the well of the attorney general in their complaint they said the attorney general might need to weigh in on this and they would if that statute that they cited actually applies which it doesn't but let's say arguendo, you know, assuming for argument, it does apply. Well, the Attorney General would have a right to be heard on this issue, repurposing funds to another purpose or another entity. So they have poisoned the well by having all these ex parte secret communications with the Attorney General's office that we don't even know, you know, there was some kind of Zoom call and they said that they didn't record it. You know, uh, there are communications that we can't discover now because of the duplicitous nature that they were communicating with them Mm. during this whole thing. And they were trying to get them to make a decision so that they didn't have to go to court. That's the whole thing that they were doing. They wanted the attorney general's office to sanction their theft of this money so that they didn't go to court and have to be answerable to anybody.
8: Okay, and and I'm not going to dumb down everything that you're saying here, but the light has come on, and I am invigorated. And plus, I mean, I'm so glad that we've connected. I think I have, um, you know, from a layman's perspective and uh, a person that has a dog in this fight on behalf of my viewers that know or don't know, I want them all to know and make a decision. Uh, So I'm going to help out however I can um but 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 I will say this for our, our viewing audience essentially we the people came together and put 5 dollar bills in the bucket and that was powerful because there was only one resource for these pilots to go to as far as I knew that was that knowledgeable about the industry or how they you know they needed almost whistleblower protection and they felt confident that they could pick up the phone and call you know, US freedom flyers, and, and they were connected to whistleblowers, and they had people that were skilled that could take litigation to represent their interest. The pilots have been rendered, you know, um, uh, powerless. The viewership, the the consumer, the, the supporter has been rendered, but that's the desired effect, because it's only a half a million bucks, which is a lot of money when you bring litigation. Um, uh, uh, of sorts, and you got a lot of attorneys like yourself that you know you're not making a lot of money in the health freedom. I'm making industry. any money, I'm you're doing not... this, I'm doing this all gratis right now. Wow, so, are you really? No, I, you are I my am. hero, Anna. Yeah,
11: well, I looked at what was happening and I said, Josh, we have mu- a mutual friend who introduced us and she said, Have you seen this? You know, Anne Vandersteel's uh interview of Josh, and I said, Oh my goodness, and I, I looked at the um pleadings. And I, and I looked at the statutes and I decided to do a little research on my own. Hmm. And I reached out to Josh, I said, you guys need help. Yeah. And uh, and I said, I don't want anything
8: for it. I'm just gonna help you. Wow, And let's and rally, again. let's <laughs> rally together. Uh, all right, so I'll get with you offline uh, because I, I think that uh, there's a lot of people that may not be hearing our voices. I'm concerned about them. They're not aware. Uh, if it was $1 that they donated, And it was to go to a certain place, and it didn't. I want to protect them as well, so I'll get with you offline. I think I can make a contribution there. I've spoken to Leslie. I I I had some dealings with her that were kind of odd to begin with. We won't talk about that. I was actually pulled into becoming a board member on some organization, and I was like, "Oh, really? I'm I'm just a organ grinder monkey. I'm a talk show host. You know why? Why do you want to?" Neutralized you because you would have
11: had a conflict.
8: Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of odd. So I've I've had these dealings that were, you know, it, you know, we we use the uh, us. Godly people have pretty good instincts, don't we?
11: We have good discernment.
8: Good yes. discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit. That's absolutely correct. I'm glad you said that. So, Anna, you really are. I wasn't uh, uh, just saying this. I don't say this to every one of my guests. You are a hero stepping up in this fashion. I'm going to do whatever I can. Um, And for right now, if you donated and and you're concerned, uh, how do people get in touch with you? I
11: want people to continue to support U.S. Freedom Flyers, and you can do that by going to their website, Mm -hmm. usfreedomflyers.org, And now donations are greatly appreciated. There's still a lot of work to be done. One of the things that we're going to be investigating is whether or not to do a class action because Health Freedom Defense Fund has represented two U.S. freedom flyers. That they had this arrangement with a lot of other organizations so we think that this we may not be the the only organization they've done this to so uh we'd like to we'd like to explore um bringing a bigger action for other donors who've been ripped off as well so usfreedomflyers.org go there uh you know Leave comments, make uh, show your support, and you know anything that you can donate would be greatly appreciated for them. There are cases involving uh, wrongful termination of pilots that need to be brought. There are cases dealing with um, uh, injuries that pilots have had, which uh, are cases that uh, need to be brought as well for the for the industry so we're we're still alive and well and uh we want to we want to do accomplish the mission that they were set out to do
8: outstanding um again i gave you my commitment i'm gonna i'm gonna step up here i i mean i have to i feel uh, i feel the duty and uh at this point um i uh, may some sort of evidence you said that doesn't exist as far as you've seen. Shame on Raul Labrador. Shame on the Attorney General. They could be protecting the public interest. And so far, we haven't seen that he's fulfilled his, his duties to protect the public. Shame
11: on and it's him. A statutory duty, too, Statut- to protect charitable assets.
8: Yes, yes. And he's
11: not doing that.
8: Okay. Anna, I'm so glad we connected. Thank I'm really, you. really glad we Thank connected. You. I look forward to speaking with you offline. Thank
3: you.